Kathy's dead. <laughs> Didn't mean to do timing. <laughs> Just dropped a bomb. Right before I hit record. Right. There he says something. <laughs> In case you don't know, John McAfee is dead. Yes. Committed suicide in his Spanish prison cell like two days before his extradition. Yes. So I didn't I laugh. I feel like no. That's horrible. I'm not laughing at the fact that the poor guy's dead. But no, um, we're laughing the at the that fact that, that I just dropped it just as it said. We yeah. were caught. McAfee's dead. And if anybody out there thinks he committed suicide. <laughs> Well, we're not anyway. going to get into that. We're not, we're not doing no. politics on this show. Okay, let me get my, uh, I've got my research tab here ready to this. go in case, we need to look, in case we need to look some stuff yeah, up. Yeah, he's becoming so, the producer. You may have noticed I sound a bit more professional because we splashed out on a new headset. This one was £25. And I'm looking all what, lit. What's that in real money? What does that mean? <laughs> Proper money. It was an expensive set, but they're supposed to be all singing and dancing. So hopefully the people at home can hear me much more clearly as I enunciate my words. Make sure that you enunciate. And I got my mic turned up. So please, please tell me if you guys can hear me okay. Because if you can't, so, I'm going to lose it. Folks at home, now this guy that you can now hear, it's not just me talking to myself all the time. It's this guy is actually on the show with me. You might be able to hear him now. <laughs> so yeah, we should, uh, should we should be all singing and dancing. I'm bathed in soft natural light. Indeed. Got my fish eye on. Got my new headphones on. We are pros. He's, he's, gonna, he's soaking his feet right now. <laughs> we're going to sell this show for three hundred million dollars to Spotify. <laughs> oh God. So last week we talked about the eleven mottos and the Doja Kun. Yeah, actually, I there's something. Sorry, before you go on, I do have something I wanted. To, I was going to wait and just tell you on the air. <laughs> so we got another strike from uh, YouTube. Oh, what for now? <laughs> because we played um, a video in that. Uh... Oh shoot! What was the video? We played a. Oh, was it this one or the you, other one? Didn't you play the God Ant? No, it wasn't that. Nobody gave, nobody cared about that one. What video? Oh, maybe it was the previous episode. Yeah, no, sorry, it was the previous episode. Maybe. Anyway, we it? got a, we got another strike, and it was for uh, we played a trailer uh, for something. And stop uh, fucking playing stuff. Uh, I, I again, I I um, I sent a rebuttal to it just to say, hey, look. We're actually critiquing stuff and commenting. Anyway, it's not going to affect us because we don't have enough followers. You know why we no, don't have no, enough followers, uh, Terry? Well, I hazard a guess that people are not liking and sharing. People are listening. People listen and they say they're yeah. liking it. But you need to, sh if you like it, share it and then show it to other people. I'm taking it personally. We're, grow we're growing now. slowly. We're growing slowly, but we're growing very slowly compared to the, the people who listen to us and the people I get messages from. Mm. We, we should be further up, higher up, and much more views. So, but if everyone would like to, and I tell you the difficult thing is we share it on Facebook. Okay. When you, when you watch it and you click the link on Facebook, it doesn't allow you to like or share. 
you've got to log into your YouTube to be able to do it. It makes it, I don't know why it does that. It makes it more difficult. Yeah, because the same reason we want it, because YouTube has set it up that way so they know that they're getting subscribers, right? It's exactly the same reason we want. Anyway, we're getting a lot of comments on there. I'm just looking now. There's been some new ones the last couple of days. Sorry, guys, I've been busy working. Um, and I know people were because <laughs> we talked to it. You couldn't hear me. I didn't realize it was that bad. I had no telling, idea. I've been telling him for weeks. I don't, I, I don't believe you, me. though. I just figured that you just, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm a professional, as yeah. you can hear. I'm looking forward to listening back to this tomorrow. To Man, see. I'm like looking down at some of these things. Sorry, uh, Terry, to cut you off, but like the best Kyokushin podcast. Oh, it's, oh, this is great feedback, guys. This is awesome. Who said that? Where's that? I haven't seen this. I haven't looked, to be honest, this last few I'm days. not going to be able to pronounce his last name. Ivan Aguilar's Kyokushin Karate Kyokushin fan page. Uh, and there's great comments on there. Like, um, anyway, is that on? So, is that on our YouTube page? Yeah, yeah, on the, the yeah. latest. Um, we are, but like we said, we are. At the, oh, by the way, folks, yes. this is a Decca episode, episode thirty. Yeah, special things happen on Decca episodes. <laughs> special <laughs> things happen. <laughs> so we've we've wait, so this. this Without further ado, then, let's get into it. So we've been intimating for ages, and we did. When, when we grow the show, we're going to have some guests on, and we'll get people on to talk with us and talk through some shit from there, and we will. 30 episodes is nothing. What, what, how many episodes did you say that um, Joe Rogan had done? Hey, well, I'm not sure where he's at this week, but like, but last week he did 1,666 was his, uh, I think, was it 1,666 or 2,666? I don't know. It's some crazy I know it's number. four digits. I know it's four digits on them when yeah. you're looking at them. So, yeah. you know, we, we took over one and a half thousand episodes. Yeah, it's crazy. He's done to get where he is. Yeah. So, yeah, you're just, we're just going to keep churning them out, plugging them on and talking <laughs> about relevant stuff. And honestly, I actually, I forgot to tell you this too, Terry. I, I got some feedback from somebody um, last week that compared us to like uh, Rogan and stuff when we're starting up because we, you and I are, um, we're basically just, we're just, we're well, not bullshit. We're just being natural, just hanging out and chatting, which is essentially what Rogan is and what made him so famous. Yeah. So I started looking, digging around. I was looking at some shows that are going on. And I'm not critiquing anybody because God knows we have no experience in this. And we're just getting our legs underneath us as well. But I think it is true. I think that is what you know, I even preach it at my work, like, cause I do a lot of coaching at my work for uh, more junior folks. And, that. and that's one thing I always tell them, just be authentic, just be yourself, yeah. just be like, don't put on a facade. People smell that stuff miles away. They, they do. I, I find it very difficult to work off a script and, and I find it, it, there's, it doesn't naturally flow. And yeah. some of my best stuff, comes out when i'm flowing unfortunately we have to edit and cut that out yeah sometimes sometimes <laughs> we have to cut a few bit listen you haven't cut anything i've said we have however had to cut you twice <laughs> all right okay. so what are we doing for this episode well this decker episode we've talked about getting a a, a guest on and we've got a mutual friend well, I, i've know i've known him for about 10 years now um we met on the internet space, top guy, top martial artist. He lives in Japan now. What? We've, had our, we've, had our, we've had our talking back and forth, you know, Japan, this and that, over Japanification of things. So we're going we're gonna to bring him on tonight. Talk about and, cultural appropriation. <laughs> and then we can talk about 
you know, uh, myth versus reality. Because this is from someone who is a British London guy mm-hmm. who's living in Japan, fluent Japanese, writes mm-hmm. Japanese, yep. brushes beautiful calligraphy, good artist as well. Some of some of people will know him. Yeah. Um, he's not a Kyokushin guy. He's uh, uh, some crappy generic karate. I'm not sure well, what it does. <laughs> we'll let him introduce himself. <laughs> yeah. People will, some people will know him. Some people will won't. Yeah. But he, he's very uniquely placed being fluent Japanese uh, and can read and write fluent Japanese. And he's the first one to tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like to talk about it all. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not all sure right. how we're going to do it, but that's... I'm letting them in. Ready? Ready? Three, Ready. two... One. What is happening? We don't even know what's going to happen. We've never done this before. Oh, we should have tested. We should have done a, a tester. I can't see anything. What? What do you mean you can't? Anything. What do you mean you can't, can't see, anything. see anything? I can't see anything. I can only see you. Oh, that's fine. I see him. Need to split the screen. I am. All right, Todd. Can you see? Us? Terry, you know me. I can't. Yeah, can you, yeah. Can you hear me? I can see, see him me? now. Terry, I can hear you. I no. can't hear Scott. You can't hear Scott. That's your I problem. I got Todd. I can hear Todd. Where you? Right, Scott. Scott Cod, can you hear Scott? He's not moving his lips. He's <laughs> moving his lips? I still, I still no. can't hear him. I Uh-oh. can hear Todd, but I can see Scott. I can't <laughs> see Todd, but I can't hear Scott. <laughs> we should have we'll figured it. Scott, you need to sort this connection out. I don't even know if he's here. No, let me Yo, see. I'll well, figure this shit out. I can see Scott. I can't hear him. I can hear Todd and see Scott. That's freaking me out a bit, to be honest. <laughs> freaking me out. All I know, Todd has an amazing background. I wanted to talk to him about. Well, if uh, you ever get sorted out so I can actually see it. Well, I don't know. That's on your side. So I've got it set up here. All I want to know is, Todd, can you hear me? Todd, are you Whoa. there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. So he yeah, I can hear Todd. And he, uh, I'm Scott's gone again me. now. You can hear What's me, it? Todd, can't you? Yeah. Weird. Can't What's hear so Scott. Why? So huh? No, I can't, I can't I hear Scott. No, but I can see him, and I can't see you. And I can hear you, and I'm looking at him, and it's weird. <laughs> Freaky weird. Because he has, because you haven't got a bald man's voice, so it's freaking me out. <laughs> I might have to stop this and uh, do it again. Uh, restart. I don't know Terry, what's going Terry, on. Terry, how, how much was your microphone? This new headset. Yeah, a couple of pound. That's nice. How much was Scott? Scott, how much? How much is that microphone? Uh, Canadian dollars. Yeah. About three hundred. Shit, can't hear you, mate. Can't hear you at all. Can't. No, he's gone again. He's gone. It's not the microphone. It's Zoom. Oh, shit. Nah, he's gone. Can't so, hear you, mate. Terry. It's funny, it's funny Terry. It's th- Terry, it's amazing. I'm, I'm replying to him, but I'm saying I can't hear him, and he's still not getting it. I know, I know. I know. You know <laughs> tell me how much. Tell me how much your microphone was. I thought it was going in and out. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> no, you just, you gave Terry so much grief last week about his microphone. Oh, Jesus! You're be I'm we really like, sweating here trying to fucking fix this. Good morning. Oh God. We need to sort the screen out, right? Because I can see you, Scott. I can't see Todd. When you flip oh, you really it, when you press something, I can see it when you speak. 
You speak. You can only see it when I speak. Scott speak. <laughs> yeah, honestly, dog. it switches when either one of you speak. It switches to you. Yes, you that's on your side. You have it set up to speaker. Well, how do I change that? Just change it to gallery. So Scott needs to buy a new mic. Terry needs to buy a new laptop. What are you talking about? My, my mic is expensive. Mic's not on a laptop. Why are you doing yeah, that? I know. That's why, that's why I was giving you shit about it. Right. <laughs> Bear like... with us, folks. Bear with us two seconds. <laughs> this is fun. What are you talking about? I love this. I love this. <laughs> Show my video in a gallery? What? No, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Only You're only allowed to speak one at a time. <laughs> Todd, can you see all three of us? Yeah. Yeah. So, Terry, hit gallery and you'd be good to go. I've just done that. Hit gallery. Right. Under there. Virtual background. Like that shirt, Todd? Classy, man. Bear with us, Classy, Bear yeah, with us folks. Nice. Bear with us. That's just for you, buddy. Oh, thank you very much. Shit, I should have worn my Van Halen t shirt, man. Well, I see the guitar in the background. I oh, love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I love the background. Awesome. What's cool. funny is most of the stuff that I've got here, I've actually got on my desk for real as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Terry is pissing around with his. Uh, I've raised my his, hand. What? He raised his hand. <laughs> That's the only thing I can do. Well, well Terry's trying to straighten this stuff out. Todd, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? You do uh, some sort of some sort of bastardization of karate or something. And well, he calls it karate. He calls it karate. My name's Todd Reeves. I'm currently 37 years old. I've been training in martial arts since I was four. He reads uh, at a 38 year old level, though. <laughs> yeah, I read at a three year old level. Thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah, I started karate when I was four. I grew up in London, in a fairly bad part of London. Uh, when I was about 26, I broke away from everything. I started uh, doing my own style. Some people have heard of it. It's called Shinatemi. It's a little bit like uh, Kudo, Daidojuku. Uh, it's a mixed system, so it combines uh, the stand-up of karate, uh, which is some traditional, the long range of traditional, the close range of full contact karate. Then we have the, the throws and grappling of judo and the groundwork of Korsen judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu with a bit of catch wrestling and stuff as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a mixed system, but it works. A bastardization. Um, it is a bastardization, like most stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, now, now I live in Japan. I run a full-time dojo in Japan. And yeah, it's busy, it's popular, and this is fairly well known. How do you make your living over in Japan? You run a prostitution ring, right? Since COVID, um, <laughs> it's, it's not been going so well. <laughs> so you all, you, right? As we we intimate this a lot on the show, we talk about certain Japanese syndicates. If you just pull your top down a little bit, <laughs> or just there lift you your, lift your top up a little bit. <laughs> That's all Say I'm no saying, more. okay? Say no more on it. That's what he makes his money. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, no, but, um, actually, so... Uh, but I've you're an animator, a, though, right? I've been a graphic designer for yeah. a long time, so I worked in design for a long time. And then about five or six years ago, one something that I always wanted to do was architecture, so I started retraining to be an architect. Still doing my design and uh, studying architecture in the evening. Now, in the UK, if you want to study architecture, it's it's a very, very long process, but here it's, uh, it's a little bit easier to study, so I could actually work and still study at the same time time so i've restudied hmm. to become an architect and uh, last last year no year, year before last uh i qualified so now now i work as an architect i still do my design stuff uh on the side and i still uh, run my dojo so yeah i'm i'm busy busy that's, that's <laughs> actually pretty cool i never i knew that so i got a couple of questions even around that what what makes it easier in japan uh to become an architect <sighs> it's, just the, in, the, in, the, the, in the uk it's like you you need to you you can't really work on the job or anything you need mm. to you know go straight to university and stuff here it was just it's, it's not massively easier it was just uh, a lot easier for me to be able to balance my current job my dojo and retrain uh, mm. to be an architect it, it did really help that it was also my current boss that owned the architecture company so uh, he was just like oh yeah we're pretty much gonna, just gonna <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it, it did help a lot but um yeah it's it's been a the last couple of years have been really really hard um stu study wise and I've, I've been tired a lot but uh it's balanced out and it's, it's become uh worth it for me you know that's awesome and so you along with steven Sigano. <laughs> i'm trying I'm i think trying that's the, that's the longest, longest time i've ever heard terry burkett be quiet <laughs> i can't do it he won't let me do it <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know why. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so tonight it'll just me and Todd. <laughs> the realer talk. The realerist talk. Well, no, basically it'll be Todd talk because you won't get a word in. It'll just be Todd talk. Truth. Todd, so you have a dojo in Japan. So yeah. along with you and Steven Seagal. And uh, <laughs> okay. they... He is Steven Seagal's number one student. No, but seriously, what, what was that like being accepted as a gaijin having a dojo in Japan? I'd not, but listen, not just a gaijin, a ginger gaijin. Hey, nothing wrong with gingers, man. You don't know it, but... That's why you shave gingers. your head bald. <laughs> hey, does my hair look ginger to you? He's been giving me shit on this for years. Actually, you don't. That's why it was kind of weird. Okay. Right. Oh, he is ginger. He is ginger. <laughs> they think they think he's some sort of was anime it? guy with his hair on fire. That's why they the love him out there. Does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> might not be any carpet. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, Scott. We are modern men. We don't have carpets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, seriously, I want to know though how when oh, you man, started up a when you started up a dojo. Of my week already. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> when you started up a dojo as a gaijin in Japan, how was it accepted? Uh, I, I didn't have that much trouble. Mm. Um, there were a couple of rules that I didn't understand in etiquette coming over here and opening up a dojo um, and stuff. So. Uh, when I first opened up, the place next door to, to my dojo were like, oh, uh, you know there's a local uh, dojo to here. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've seen a, a few. They're like, oh, um, most of them will be okay, but one of the instructors up the road is really, really old school. And it's like, if you open up, he's going to come here and probably want to fight you. And I'm like, 
I'm like, what? This is like, not a hundred years ago. Like, I wasn't expecting that. So I was just like, okay, just for I'll, me. I'll, I'll go and visit him and, and introduce myself. Not that I'd have minded him coming. I was just like, you know, if you, if you want to do that and that's, that's your way of behaving, that's fine. But so I went to introduce myself. I knew most of the other local instructors in the area anyway, and they're, they're all a good distance away. It's not like I'm, I'm really treading on their toes. Um, but I went to visit this one guy, and I was just like, oh, hi. I turned up. Uh, I took a gear and everything just in case. Um, and I was just like, oh, hi. Uh, I, I was just interested in training. I heard you were the local, you know, the big instructor in the area. I was just getting nice to him, being polite and everything. And he just, like, waves me off. He's like, oh, yeah, no foreigners, you know. And, uh, oh, Wow. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, I've, and that's I've, a bit I've, racist, I've, isn't it? I've I've never experienced that in Japan before. I only had one one problem, which was a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no foreigners, and I, I was just like, who's this guy like telling me no foreigners? I was just like, okay, well, went to turn out and dropped the mic, and I was just like, uh, oh yeah, I'm opening the dojo up like 300 meters away, mm-hmm. and he was just like, oh, come in. Come in, come in, come in. <laughs> so Im- immediately he started speaking in real country Japanese, and he's basically like, "Yeah, everyone, like, get geared up. We're gonna fight this guy. Like, we're gonna we're gonna do some kumite." Now, I, like, I wasn't really phased by any of the kumite. It was all very much. Mm, what was his style? <sighs> Not shorin you. It's like chorin. You also, I don't know. I don't even know what it is, but he's he's very well based. Yeah, kind kind of some some sort of shorting kempo, but it's like mm. you know, it's, it's years down the line. It's got a different. Sorry to interrupt. I have just sorted out the screen problem. Realized that you could twenty minutes in. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, so, one. He, he got everybody. He didn't. Oh, so he's off. It's, uh, I didn't didn't really struggle with any of his guys, and then he could he could see that that his, I was I was you know, and I, I was being really really like sweet to his guys as well. I was just like you know, I'm, were they there. being sweet to you? Or they were they? they were they were really going for it. Like yeah. really trying poor poor things like desperately trying, you know. But it's like uh, most of them were around 60, 65 kilograms, you know, and I'm between 80 and 85 at any time. So I've got a 20 kilogram weight of right. so I'm, I'm, I'm playing with them like I would spar with kids and teenagers. And mm-hmm. then the teacher's like, okay, right, let's let's go. And he's older than me. I think he was probably early 50s mm-hmm. or something. And I, w- I was probably 31, 30, 31 at the time, maybe. I can't remember. Um, 31-ish. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he's really, really going for it. And he, he obviously, he can see my stance is very much kind of like, you know, the typical knockdown kind of stance. I'm not really phased by him. I'm not worrying about face punches and stuff at the moment. Uh, I just didn't feel the need to with the others. So he, he thinks he's going to be smart and start going for my face, like old school JKA style. Little does he know that my background is, you know, yeah. I, I started off in Shotokan. So I'm just like, oh, you, you, you want to play this game? We'll, we'll play. So I'm evading his punches. And then he just changes his stance and he squares up to me, kicks me in the leg as hard as he can. And I just kind of look down at my leg like, oh, okay. Like, but he didn't, really, he didn't really do anything. He was like an Okinawan karate guy that claims that they do full contact, but they've never really kicked a leg or never really had actually their leg done full contact. They kind, of, they kind of half do it and it kind of pings off, you know? They don't drop they, that weight in. It doesn't yeah. go through like a hammer. And yeah. I'm just like, so I, I give him a little tap on the leg and he just takes a knee. And I'm just oh, like, wow. oh, 
So I act all like, oh my god, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm that you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. And he's just like, ah, oh, shoes me off. The next morning, I used I used to live above uh, my my dojo. So it's uh, the next morning. I go outside, and the the women from the shop next door, they're like, oh, we heard that you really laid into that guy last night. And I'm like, no, 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 He's got a reputation for being really strong. So now you have a reputation for being strong. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, and all right. Just, yeah. I smashed it. Advertising. I'll take it. It's like, Great yeah. Money. Now, now my, my dojo's got a, a good reputation in the area. Yeah. I did have one other guy come down and challenge me once. And he was, he spoke perfect English. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had trained in Enshin. Okay. Enshin somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came and he was getting really annoyed that um, I was stealing his students. And I'm like, what? I haven't got any any of your students. Like, I'm like, where's your dojo? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like 20 kilometers that way. <laughs> I'm like, man, I haven't got students that come that far. All of my students are in this local area yeah. <laughs> and uh he, he's just like oh well yeah we're gonna have a we're gonna have a big problem blah 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 and uh he was just like oh let's let's go and sort this out and i was like i'm, I'm stood there in shorts and t-shirts it's like middle of the summer he's there in in the car park full, in my full samurai dress <laughs> full gi full gi and belt uh and everything <laughs> and I, i'm just like and he's just like okay so we gotta go inside i was just like no and he's like oh are you scared i'm like mm no like we'll just do it in the car park and he's just like what and i was just like yeah we could, we could just do, like if you really want to do this we'll do it in the car yeah park. and he's just like yeah but that's not safe and i was just like no you're you're offering me a fight you're not offering me some sparring you come in to offer me a fight i'm i'm not gonna fight under any rules at all it's like i'll, I'll take you straight to the floor it's like i don't i don't want that kind of stuff but it's like if you, if you get in my face and you threaten me i don't care where we are i don't need to go and put my gear and my belt on to have a fight if we're in the car park if, if we're in a park it doesn't matter where we are i'm not just going to go all right let's get a referee we'll organize this for next month <laughs> we'll have one referee feed the corner none of them know what they're doing you know no problems at all and the dojo's uh running well you know we've 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 been uh closed a couple of times due to corona yeah. Um, stuff, but, uh, other, what's it other, been like? What's it been like out in Japan with it, with all the lockdowns? Have you had many lockdowns? There have been, but they're they're not. It's not the same as where you guys are. Like, I I, I got to admit, it's like we're very lucky here. Everyone wears a mask anyway. That's that's been yeah. normal for. It's always been the way there, though. That's they always do courtesy. That, now now more more than before. Um, but yeah, it was very common before. Right, and, courtesy. Um, yeah, and uh. But uh, the lockdowns, they've not really been enforced that much. It's like people will say, go, don't go outside. And then you go to a shopping center and everybody's there as normal. And, you know, and no, like in Canada, that's under like martial law. That's what I was just going to say. I find it so ironic that this virus comes from that part of the world. Well, not Japan, but China and stuff. It comes from that part. Of, but we're under such, we're all, like under almost military fucking lockdown. It's crazy. Have you seen, have you seen Melbourne? Yes, we're oh, saying yeah, it's the same, same, man. It's very similar to Melbourne here. Mel- Melbourne's uh, ridiculous. So one of the YouTubers that I follow, I really like his stuff, is a guy called Avi Yemeni. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Avi. Avi's amazing, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Avi is brilliant. Yeah, I really yeah. I really like... I've been watching his videos for years. My brother... Yeah, me too. Them. I really, really like his stuff. 
and he's he's really doing a lot for the the Melbourne community, like looking looking after yeah. people. And stuff. Yeah. And he he's been attacked by the police quite a few times, but you see the cops just really throwing their weight around in in Melbourne over somebody not wearing a mask. Oh yeah, same here, man. I think people Canada as well. Yes, here people are getting arrested. Uh, pastors are getting arrested. Like I don't, I, I could easily go off on a tangent here, but I won't. Go for it. But it's it's pretty it's pretty weird. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's the, nah. like the, the the things in Japan. Japan are strict on certain things, and it's like now if if in a city five people get corona, they're just like right, everyone panic. Five yeah. five people have got corona uh, right. in Japan. Panic. Um, yeah. But uh, the the problem. So my sister's getting married in September, um, and I'm meant to go back to the UK. I'm also meant to go to Germany in September to teach on a seminar that I teach on every year that was postponed from last year, um, and. I can get to the UK no problem, but getting back to Japan, I would I would have to fly out from Tokyo, which is really really far from where I live. Um, and then when I fly back, you're allowed to quarantine at home, but you're not allowed to get any public transport home. Mm. So I basically have to stay in the airport for so you teleport yourself for two weeks, and I have to pay for it myself. So I'm just like, wow, that's like an extra fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars on Jeez. top of my my current travel so i'm That's just crazy like, I'm re- yeah and even if you're vaccinated you still have to do that makes uh, no difference so I'm just like, what's, what's, i really wanted to get vaccinated just to travel just so i can travel again and go like i've got people uh, saying will you come and teach on our camp this year and i'm just like i'm really sorry like i just don't really want to do the two-week quarantine when no, i get yeah there. I, i've cancelled everything this year We've yeah, put yeah. so we've got our camp in Germany that we're going to do next year, June next year, thinking it might pan out and, and get back to normal a bit. This not happening this year. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Usually, this time of year, I would be in Switzerland mm-hmm. um, on a on a camp. So that's been moved to next year. So actually, I, I just found out like uh, half an hour ago. My friend Nicholas in Switzerland messaged me, and he said. Uh, the, the plan is basically I'll go to Tokyo and I will escort uh, Royama Kancho to Switzerland as his translator, make sure that he's okay and everything. And then I'll also look after him uh, while he's there and some of the other instructors that are with him. So, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. to be able to do that. Does Royama uh, speak any English? No. No? Like a uh, tiny, tiny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So Switzerland, yeah. that's where we first actually met. Because me, to- me and Todd have known each other for about 10 years. Was it uh, romantic when you met? It, oh, yeah. it would, to be, to be honest, it was. Sheep. Would that? For Terry was trying to get me into sheep, but I was just, I just wasn't having it. <laughs> we were mess- we've, so we were messaging back and forth for a good couple of years before we actually met, didn't we? Yeah. And the first time we met, we were both going to Switzerland to teach on a camp. And we were both on that camp. And that was the, so I went, up to, I went up to his house because he lived in Luton by the airport. So we rocked up and it was like, fucking hell, you know, we've known each other a couple of years. We haven't actually met yet. Isn't that weird? Yeah, was, a lot of stuff. crazy? Well, look at us. Look at me and you. We speak yeah. a couple of times a week. We, speak, yeah. we message every day. We haven't actually met each other. Physically, yeah. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. This, this, is the, this is the beautiful thing about martial arts and about social media as well, is that I've got a lot of people that I consider friends, but actually yeah. some of them I haven't. Met. <laughs> well, yeah, I consider you my friend, but we haven't physically met. No, all right. 
I think if you was like an older, older brother, older, like retarded brother. I remember. Actually, I thought about something today <laughs> with Todd. Um, this is about uh, cultural appropriation, folks. Uh, <laughs> so oh, when, yeah, definitely. When, uh, wait, 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 one minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this is fucking probably like two years ago. We were talking about how like people will go to Japan, uh, karate guys, karateka will go to Japan and put on their gi and take their. <laughs> Pictures in front of random shrines and stuff that have nothing to do with karate. So I told Todd I was going to take me and uh, and Pavel, and we're just going to go in front of sushi restaurants in Toronto <laughs> with their knees on. So take pictures. Yeah, you, you do see it, and it's like, oh man, it's, I I totally get it. You know, I understand if you if you come from another country and you have that romantic idea of. The very much the Kurobi style, yeah. Uh, dojo in the mountains, you know, beautiful traditional building. Um, you want to go and take a photo there, but realistically, that's not where people train. <laughs> you know, dojos aren't like that um, now. You just don't see that kind of thing. And what's funny is, but I also see people wearing their gis in places that are not even like that. Or you see, I've yeah, seen that's people, what we talked about. Yeah, I've seen people shooting kata videos in like tourist trains, and the tourists are walking by in the background, like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Like, you know, like what what are they doing? And I walk past them, and I'm just like, "Oh man, I'm really embarrassed to be a martial artist right now." Like, just stop. But it's the same uh, in, in Kyoto as well. Like, you'll go to some of the big shrines, and you get all of the non-Japanese Asians wearing kimonos and stuff like and they'll go they'll go for the day they'll, and i get it you want to do the tourist thing it's great but yeah you, you want to do the full like, thing the, the full geisha makeup and nancy blokesy wearing japan if i'm going to shrine i want to be full-on samurai dress i want a helmet i want a sword i want everything some places have that some places do have that but it's all like cosplay stuff you know not a right. Right. <laughs> yeah um, and uh, you'll see people walking around, and it's like you're at these you're at these shrines, and I'm just like, yeah, I can tell every single person that's Japanese right now because they're the ones not wearing kimonos, <laughs> you know. But I mean, they're, they're not just traditional beautiful kimonos; they're like they're really larry and stuff. Right. Women like the geisha looking makeup and stuff, and I'm just like, I get it; it's a bit of fun and stuff. But sometimes it's just like oh, a bit cringe. But uh, you know, I don't judge it on that. But the 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 stuff in in the geese is. I've seen foreigners take it really far. Like once I was, I was here training with my old instructor. He's dead now, and uh, we were in a, like a buffet restaurant, and he's he's sat there, and his son's there, and you've got you know a lot of black belts and stuff, and then this one guy I won't say where he's from because it'll be really obvious who it is comes into the restaurant and just goes to us in the restaurant, man, and like, I'm like, oh man, and then his team walk in behind him. And they all get their plates of food and they put them down on the table and they go up to the instructor and they're like, oh, before they eat. And I'm like, oh, oh Jesus. And like, he just nudges me. He's like, uh, like why, why, why are they doing that to me? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's like, and then all of the Japanese people go, wow, these guys are weird, right? And I'm just like, yeah, but don't worry about it. You know, so Japanese but, uh, you see, right. You say that. That's what we talked about with this over Japanification of karate, right? So in the West, we've got this. 
romantic this idea of of respect every time you walk in you must bow to someone and we walk in also and uh, i think it's more of of that and source i created this source i loved um everyone being in uniform everyone being automated being militaristic he loved that everybody stood guard he loved that thing and it's come through to the way we are now with uh, and sometimes we have to check ourselves and be like i don't need to be bowing i, I don't need to call you sensei outside of the dojo or or i st- we know western people that will only refer to other people as senpai oh but this is senpai scott and this this is sensei todd this is shian blah blah this is and it's like, yes, if that's your instructor, like I, I call Gary Sheehan. I always have done. But anyone else, I, you know, I will use their name. Because as a Westerner, for me to say, yeah, Todd, how are you, Todd? How are you, Scott? It's more personal. Exactly. <laughs> this, like, sem- senpai t- titles are a really big one. Uh, you know, like outside of Japan, senpai is really, really used wrong. To the point that it's, yeah. like, award, it's yeah. awarded first stands as a, almost like yeah. a title. Like, yeah. you are now senpai. But what you yeah. don't really People will put it in their fucking thing, like, senpai, blah, blah. Like, Jesus. Senpai Skohini! Yeah, can you imagine? Never. Anyway. You do not need to be oh, a black belt to be a senpai. If right. people join the dojo at roughly the same time, let's say you've got one white belt that joins the dojo in <clears throat> May. Well, just and hold on a second. I was just going to say, I'm the oldest motherfucker on this call. So, you yeah, so yeah you're, you're a senpai. Yeah, so you're a life senpai. Yeah, so I call <laughs> you senpai and you call me Shan. Okay, sorry, God, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so it it can be with it's it's not just something that you find in uh, in dojos as well. It's like your upperclassmen. Right. So if you're in school, if you're in yeah. uh, you know fifth grade at school, and then you've got someone in sixth grade, the person in sixth grade is your school senpai. They're right. a year above you. You know, they went before you. Same in the dojo. If you've got somebody that has been training in that dojo even a couple of months longer, they are your senpai. Right. It's nothing to do with rank. Now, the problem is, like, I, I was on a camp a couple of years ago, and there was a fairly well-known eighth dan in, in Kyokushin on the camp, and I, he said something to me, and I was just like, oh, like, I really respect that. And I said to someone, I was just like, oh, yeah, this guy's like, like, you know, kind of senpai. And someone was just like, how dare you? You know, this, this guy is a handshake. And mm. I was just like, I'm, I'm not denying that. Mm. I was just like, but I'm saying like, he's my senpai, you know, he's, he's my senpai on this particular subject because right. I'm, I'm, and people are like, he is not a first or a second Dan. How can you be like that? And I'm just like, like, but if you, if, if you don't understand that topic, like just don't even talk to me about it. See, yeah. This stuff drives me crazy here. And I'm in Canada, and, and this stuff drives me nuts. So for you, who's completely bilingual, living in Japan, I, I assume it just drives you nuts. Well, I, no, because I don't hear it here. And now, now uh, I'm good point. it's not a Japanese thing, is it? It's a Touché. Westerner thing. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've just learned to filter it out when I see it online. And it's like, you know, I get it. When I, when I go to a camp in another country, I'm, I'm, I'm polite. I understand. I've tried for years to explain that this is the right way of doing it. I've done lectures on this kind of thing. And then afterwards, people are like, oh, that's really good information. Hey, senpai. (laughs) You know, and they just go back to it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's too late to change it now. Don't worry about it. But it's the whole sensei from third dan thing as well. That's just, that's really not a thing in Japan. You can be a a sensei, uh, you know, if if you're teaching a brown belt or something. And if you're teaching a class, you are senpai. Same as you do not need to be a fifth dan to be a shihan. 
or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, and, and a lot of people don't really understand the term shihan that well. She, like, they're like, uh, even people in Japan, you're like, oh, what does shihan mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, it means like a master or whatever, you know, so in the in the West, we take that to be like a, a mastery of skill or something. Mm. It actually, like, the, the closest word is probably like a... Like schoolmaster, like someone that's no, in charge. No, 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 not even that. No, no, more like a role model. Mm -hmm. more, like, more like a role model. You? <laughs> what, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, like, for instance, if you've got a couple of instructors, like, let's say, for instance, you've got three shodans uh, running branches, and then you've got one nidan that is in charge of, like, an area's hombu, but he also oversees these guys. Usually, they will automatically start referring to him as shihan so that there's no confusion between uh, the instructors, you know. In my dojo, uh, most of the time, I just use sensei. It's, like, it's, it's just easier. Um, but if I have an instruct, uh, uh, an assistant instructor with me, my official title for the dojo is kaicho. So that kaicho. is, I'm, I'm, I'm. So, so yeah, you have. If if your dojo is a kai, you have a kaicho. So the manager of a, a kai. If you have a kan, you have a kancho. That is the manager of a kan. If you have a juku, you have a jukcho. That is the manager of a juku. And this doesn't just apply to martial arts. Like you can. Uh, Usually, after-school clubs are jukus, so the head will be like mm. a jukucho, but also sensei is okay. Same as kudo was daido juku, so azuma was jukucho. Mm. Yeah. Okay? Uh, my my style, we don't put kai, kan, uh, or juku at the end of anything, so I, I could just choose. So uh, one of my uh, mentors here, one day he, he put down on a piece of paper when I was judging at a tournament, he was just like, oh, yeah. uh, Todd Reeves, kaicho. Because I'm the head of the school, and I was just okay. <laughs> it's like oh, okay, so I'll that's what I'll put on my official uh, paperwork. But yeah, it's only when another instructor obviously comes, as well you jump from five to eight. Fifth, fifth to eighth, Dan. Fifth to eighth, obviously you've got to if you're if you're being called kaicho, you've got to be if you're kaicho, you've got to be eighth down at least. Yeah, yeah, down. Again, again, not not the case. Even like boxing. Uh, my my good friend here, he's an ex-professional uh, boxer, an ex-All-Japan champion. Um, this meeting has been upgraded by the host and now includes unlimited minutes. Jay no Scott. time limit. Six <laughs> <laughs> hours later. Um, we're about to start our basic Japanese lessons. Okay? <laughs> so <laughs> so my, my friend is a coach at a, a very well-known boxing gym here. He's an ex-All-Japan champion. Um we we drink together sometimes. Very very good friend of mine, and he's kaicho. You know, it's a, it's a good way of saying like coach or boss. Mm. You know, so 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 that's it. It's it's nothing to do with uh, rank or anything. And I think the problem is outside Japan, people get an overinflated sense of worth. You know, so it's just yeah. like, I'm a sensei. You must call me sensei. I'm a senpai now. So last week before you did your showdown test, your name was John. Yeah. Now, now your best mate, <laughs> test comes up to you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't call me Johnny. I'm senpai. I'm senpai. senpai. John. Who, who are you calling John? I'm senpai now. Kohai. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are to talk to me, John, King of the Showdowns? You know, it's like. It's I think we the Westerners look at it that though, it's kind of like a rank entitlement, the same as in the military. If yeah. you were Lance Corporal, it's like, I've worked exactly. my bollocks off. I am now a fucking Lance Corporal. 
you refer to me as Lance Corporal. That's the way it goes. If you don't, you're having a beast in. Exactly. And I think, and we all start, we all start from the ground. We all start from white belt and we all call our senpai, senpais and senseis and shians and we work up, you work up through the belts, you get that brown belt. And then, then when you get your shoulder and it's like, I am the senpai. <laughs> I think it's it, like when you when you first start teaching and you immediately you're like right I need to scream at everybody and let them know I'm instructor now and I, I remember when I when I first started teaching for the first couple of years so my my first instructor was Japanese in London I grew up in in Shotokan uh, with a fairly well known instructor uh, Kenosuke Inoida. Mm. And I, I I trained uh, with him when I when I was a kid in, into my teens, and when and then I, I took a bit of a break uh, from martial arts when I was like fifteen, sixteen for girls, <laughs> Stop, you know, as, as a lot of people do. Girls. Um, and then when I when I uh, unfortunately when I was trying to get back into martial arts was around the time that uh, Anoida Sensei passed away. So I was like, uh, I was I was lost for a while, and then I found found another club that I stayed with with a, uh, for a couple of years. But when I first started teaching, uh, I didn't really know how to teach. I was just pushed into the deep end. It's like, right, here's the keys. Uh, you own a gi, you own a belt. Uh, tell me how many there were, and give me the money. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, well, okay, well, Anoida just screams at us. You know, he was a very, very out there Japanese Screamy guy. Very, very strict guy, you know, very, very nice after class and everything. But I told you, you did not want to get in that guy's face when he was teaching, man, for fear of just being laid into, man. That guy was strict, and uh, but awesome. And um, he, yeah, I started, started taking a class, and I remember screaming at people, and I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like, I'm thinking, man, I'm shouting at these people. I'm like, yeah. That's how you get people to respect you. You just scream at them until they respect you. you know? but I was like, and you hit them with a shunai. You've got to hit them with a the shunai. Everyone knows that. I remember when I was I was about 19 or 20, I think my, my dad came and he saw one of my classes. You know, He was he was visiting me for the, the week or something, and he was just like, can I come and see you teach a class? And I was just like, uh, yeah. I remember after class, he was just like, oh, it's like, it was very loud. You know, you were like screaming at people a lot. And I was just like, yeah. And he's just like, like, but that's that's not you. You've got a lot more to offer than screaming at people. And I, I really, I thought about it for a couple of days. And the next week, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, this is how I develop my own teaching style. And Talks to your time, dad. That's awesome. And the next time, my dad, my dad did karate for a long time. You know, back in the seventies mm. and stuff. And um, is I remember after that, I was just like, yeah, do you know what? Like, it's it doesn't feel comfortable for me to scream at people in this disciplined way you know like just going absolutely crazy at people so yeah. I was just like, you don't yeah, have to you don't need to you, you, you don't but when you're young you don't you know you must have done it yourself you don't really know any different do you you know and it's it's only after you gain experience that you realize you know what i need to develop my own teaching style mm. and then I, w I was fairly lucky teaching because i was teaching from a young age assisting with from about a green belt you know, and then you would help with the classes and you'd help with the kids' classes. Mm. And then, so I was doing that all the time. So I was exposed to, to teaching kids. And then when, obviously I was with Gary Bufton, my Shian, he was a professional teacher. So he was a master at, at teaching people and getting you to do things and laying it out for you. Um, and he taught me to teach, basically. Um, 
So I had, I was lucky. I had a good grounding in it. So when it came, <laughs> uh -huh. I didn't have any of that. <laughs> no. So again, different. you found your way now in it. I was lucky. I was fortunate. I had someone to say, yeah. you know, th th this mold is how you. you do it as well. Yeah. He helped me mold me and we worked together and we worked with the kids. And again, it's copying, emanating. You seeing uh, annoyed that screaming and shouting. Gary very rarely ever ever screamed and shouted. He was quite softly spoken. When you're getting going, he would shout like, yeah, come on, boom, you know, getting people going. But there was just no screaming and shouting. So I emanated him mm -hmm. uh, in my teaching yeah. style. It's quite, quite laid back. I shout when I want people to get like, you know, we're in the middle of a workout, push-ups, get up, get your knees up, keep going, bang, like that. But again, you know, I told oh, you just re you just raised the question for me that I oh I can ask Todd now. Wait, Come no, on, let's, 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 let's just carry on with this. One. Wait, I want to just one thing. Just tell me what in the fuck. Aisha, <laughs> where the fuck does that come from? In Aisha, Aisha, Aisha. When a people are like, it's a cute chin thing. It's just, yeah, it's like a, it's like a like a push push yourself. Does it actually mean anything? Aisha. Isha. Isha. I'll, I'll look it up. It's, yeah. uh, it is. Uh, it is. Listen, it's none of you know it is a magical power word. You say it on the last set and it gives you super ninja power strength <laughs> and it allows you to do it. When you're feeling tired, you say Isha and then you go on, Todd. There's, um, yeah, it's, it's one, of, one of those words. There's a lot of words in, in Japan that people say that samurai use and stuff as well. Um, that, are just them they're motivational things I, I never really look into that stuff it's just like you hear you hear like yakuza guys all the time you hear that stuff you know then, but every time i hear it it just reminds me of like a ramen restaurant you know it's like <laughs> yes. you, go, you go into ramen restaurants in japan and it's like women are always just like ah oh, you know what i'm saying but then the guys, when you go into a restaurant, they go, this is just like, hey, it's a war. <laughs> it just reminds me of that every single time. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Um, but um, uh, with, with teaching, so like I, I spent years and I was just like, oh, I need to develop my own more relaxed teaching style because I'm a fairly relaxed person. And uh, the next time my dad came and saw my class afterwards, he was just like, man, he was like, that was so different. And he went, I'm really proud. And I was just like, oh, that, was a, that was a big moment for me, you know. It's my mm -hmm. dad, hadn't, he hadn't done martial arts for a long time, but he was like, I'm really proud of your, your teaching style. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot more natural to who you are as a person. So he's, he's like, mm -hmm. man, it's like, you're teaching, you're getting your point across, but it's also like stand-up comedy at the same time. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's important. It's, it's important to have a very good connection with your students. Um and it's it's important to be able to nurture your students in the right way. And sometimes shouting at people, sorry, mosquito. Um, and sometimes that. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were doing some sort of oh. ninja train to talk as you're talking. I thought there was an emphasis. You have to connect, connect with your students. And uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. What'd you say? For people watch, uh, listening on podcast, Todd just caught a mosquito with his fingers. Well, we can't actually verify that. We can't see the mosquito. We didn't hear a mosquito. I've just cried, just caught a dragonfly. Let me let him go. Um, oh, mosquitoes are a big problem here. Oh, they're a big yeah. problem here too. They're a big problem everywhere. Uh, and I, well, I'd, I'd like to say in Britain, we have no mosquito problem. Well, 14 degrees there, so. 
No, it was 20, 22 degrees today. Oh, Jesus. Like short, no work, siesta, too hot to work. Another way. Let's, let's, check, let's check today's temperature. Right, bear in mind, it's 10 past 8 in the morning, so it's still very cool. Uh, we're already at 26 Celsius. There you go. It was 29 here today in Toronto. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right, I'm is, not going to live there. It's late in the morning. We're probably going to hit 39, 40 later. Exactly. And that's what will be here too in the summer. Anyway. Where I live is very, very humid as well. Um, sorry, oh, the so, roads will melt. Um, that, that does happen here. So that was you. If we had 30 degrees, the tarmac start melting. Oh, that's, right. that's why you guys don't have pavement. You, you only, I was wondering the other day. What's that? In, in the UK? Yeah, he sent me a video. Yeah, it's a long story. But anyway, there was no pavement. It was just gravel. I was like, why, why can't they afford pavement? <laughs> now I know why, because it'll melt. That was ghetto. Let's, right, <laughs> let's move on. So we want to address a couple of things. So we remember Oh, we shit. Did... Uh, be ready. He's putting you on the spot, man. No, well, this is why we've got him on, to address, <laughs> to address things in Japan. So you remember yeah. we did the episode talking about uh, how Kyokushin sent the Japanese team to Thailand. Mm. Okay. I remember on NCAMP's video, he was talking about how uh, Kurosaki was one of the co-founders of Kyokushin. And then we, we were like, what? And we all kicked off about it. But then I spoke to Todd about it as well afterwards. And Todd, actually, you went and spoke to Kurosaki, didn't yeah, you? So he's, he's in just, an please, I, can we just stop just for a second? That we actually what? are so honored. And, and what, this is so cool. We actually have a friend in Japan. They can go and have a conversation instead of us on fucking Google. Well, this is why we brought him on. He is his connection. He's yeah, I know. It's crazy. Because I, I, I was like, he's dead. And then he was like, uh, no. I, oh, no. I was I was like, nice last I, night. I, I'm going I'm to go and speak to him. <laughs> so, yeah, Todd, when I spoke to Kurosaki, um, and then so you lay out sort of the impression that you had from him. First of all, very, very nice guy. Hmm. Uh, very, very, very nice guy. And he's, he's old now. I think he's like, what? Late oh, he's got to yeah, yeah gotta be late. He's gotta be up there, yeah. He's, he's in an old people's he's in an old people's home. Uh I was very, very lucky to be able to uh go and see him uh, and visit him. And uh I just I wanted to ask if he was a uh you know, if any of that stuff was true. Now he he's he does feel like he was a, a co founder mm -hmm. uh, of Kyokushin. And do you know like when I when I think about it from his point of view, I I would agree. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you were kind of there at the start. You you helped out with a lot of things. So I would agree. But then I was like, uh, it's kind of like I, I consider Terry a co founder of uh, Real Talk. Absolutely. I'm the, the you were co founder of Co Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's the founder of the Co founder. I brought, I brought you into this. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. <laughs> Terry, obviously, Terry Burkett needs a buttons man. Exactly. Scott just presses buttons, and now I've got my new super duper headphones. I might not need him to press buttons anymore. Um, and so uh, af afterwards, a lot of the time when I speak to somebody, I'm I'm never usually happy. I will always go and get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. So I, I phoned up uh, Cameron Quinn, mm -hmm. and I was just like, "Hey man, what's your opinion of this?" And he goes, "No, I would not consider him as one of the co-founders of Kitchen. Oh, interesting. Cameron is someone that 
uh, I will listen to Cameron's advice because the man is so well educated, and obviously he's he's got his new book has come out. Yeah, uh, as you guys spoke about, but I honestly I don't think I think most of the people don't quite appreciate how smart he is. No, and he's he's he's, he's a true academic. Oh, very yes. philosophical and very he's a very spiritual guy as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and, he, and he can back it up physically as well. Yeah. You know, this is the thing. And and a lot of people they're just like, oh Cameron's got a new book out. Amazing. I'll read that. I don't think people realise just how important this book is for the Kyokushin world. This is mm. I would say right now, but bear in mind, I'm an I'm an academic as well. That is that is my Terry's been on my seminars. I will usually give like a university style lecture when mm -hmm. I'm on a campus. So I would do like one physical lesson or two physical lessons, and then I would do one lesson where we sit down and we will talk. And I, I will and you go just rabbit on for two hours. But yeah, for for content, yeah, yeah, to the point that it started out with like a a, a big a whiteboard and stuff, and now it's um. Now it's a PowerPoint presentation, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It's like now people call me over to their country just to do that, and they want to learn about history because that's what I do. I I, I love to read, and it's like uh, I've, I've got stacks. Well, and you have such an advantage over us too because not only are you in Japan, you can actually read the language, speak the language, but read it as well. Wow. So you. you can, <laughs> So you can you can actually pick up these books and hi historical things and so, give a, a very different context than we would have. So this this is the thing, like the books of sources that were translated into English, the ones that people know there are four. Right. You've got you've got, you've got the four main books. Yeah. However, however, there are closer to between eighty and a hundred. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wrote. And then not only that, there are books that people wrote about Sorsai as well, which are also very, very important. You know, right. And and we can't uh, disregard those books. You know, even even Cameron's book is about Sorsai. It's not by Sorsai. Right. You know, it's it's about Kyokushin. Uh, sorry. It's a commentary. You know, I've I've got. This is like these are the books I've been reading. This one. Uh, this one. I've just. And like, not even all of these books. They're not even all Kyokushin. This this guy oh. is really this guy. Like, you know, like he can. Yes. 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 Very important if you're part of Kyokushin clan. Yes. Uh, Kenji Sawai. Sawai yes. is it? Correct. Yeah. Loads and loads of books piled up, but then. No. Oh, yeah. We'll get on to this one later. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's, it's just like, I've got loads of old books. You've got loads of this. You're a good, a good position to be in. But we got yeah. off that, get back to the subject of Kurosawa. Because that's what we, that was the question. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I, I called up uh, Cameron and he was just like, no, I don't believe he was. But he was like, there is one guy uh, that we would class as possibly a co-founder uh, of Kyokushin. I won't, won't say his name on here. And he's like, but most people don't realize when that, that, We'll save it. We'll save it. Is that no, nobody knows him anymore? He's he's not well known in Kyokushin at all. Okay, um, Maeda. Ah, uh, huh? Maeda. Oida, Oida. I might be saying it wrong. Yeah, he's yeah, one of the original he, guys he, that helped Sosai in the early days. I guarantee you never heard of him. Um, I guarantee you have. He's leaving the carrots. He's leaving the carrots. <laughs> didn't you think? Didn't you think uh, Khabib was called Kebab a couple of weeks ago? Mate? Kebab. 
listen, I am a big fan of Kebab Malag and Nemedadov. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, uh, that. I, I spoke to Cameron about it, and he was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. But what most people don't realize is when the Oyama Dojo first started, it wasn't Kyokushin that was being taught. It was right. straight up Gojuryu. Right. You know, and a lot of uh, Kyokushin guys, even the people that have been doing Kyokushin 30, 40, sometimes even 50 years, don't understand that. You know, originally it was just Gojuryu that was being taught, and it was later that they started bringing in some of the Shotokan katas, and mm -hmm. then even further later that they started making them their own. You know, the stances changed, yeah, the moves changing a lot. Bigger, Chambers. And then it yeah. became its own, its own uh, style. But yeah, as for uh, what Enkamp said, uh, um, I, I think it's very, very important before you go and say something online that you study. Yes. But he doesn't, does he? So we, and we said this. It's about sensationalism. Yeah, it's, it's the same. Who, who, who is yeah. the new, there's a new Japanese guy. That, that a new like, Japanese oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Noburo or something like that? Yeah. Dojo Waku or something? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's got a big following now, but he puts yeah. videos out and it's like, what? What are you yeah. talking about? You just made that up on the spot. I watched one yesterday, and it, it was it was his reaction to watching the Karate Kid. Oh Jesus, really? Oh yeah, I see it there now. So he's commenting, and loads of people are going, "Wow, you're so insightful and stuff." And I, oh, I watched this movie like thirty something years ago. You're just I'm an expert this on this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even Nagano. Yusuke Nagano is his name. Yeah. And yeah. it's just you know, I think he he was. Uh, born in Japan and raised in America, and then come back uh, to Japan and stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's and also I, I, he's also quite a, a pally with Encamp, so I think Encamp yeah. schooled him on this is how you get a big following. I think Encamp used him, but whatever. Schooled uh, used possibly, yeah. possibly the the other way around because Jesse's already got all of his followers and stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Fair play to Jesse. We give we give him shit, but the guy has built an amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and, and we said this an when we did that when we did that show about it. And we were like, well, you know, props to him. Yeah. He he built a massive following, so he does what he has to do, and he and it worked perfectly. We did a show on it. We were clicking on it. We were sending people to his page to look at the video. It's exactly designed to do that. Clicks exactly. and likes. That's how he gets paid. Proper like play to him. Of course, after some time, you're going to run out of content, so you have to start going, okay, well, what have we yeah. Ah, Kyokushin. We've not done much on Kyokushin. Exactly. Let's uh, look up a and Kyokushin story and elaborate on it. And, and then embellish it a bit. And that's it. And this is what the other guy's doing as well. He was talking about, like, Ashihara being a 10th down in Street yeah. stuff the other day. Yeah. And he, so he was talking about how actually... Uh, Oyama was afraid of Ashihara yeah. and yes. he expelled him out of the dojo, which is why Ashihara left. Out of fear. It's like, whoa, where the heck is that come from? Yeah, it's the, the actually the, the Ashihara story is a, it's a, it's a long story, but it's actually it's a, it's a great story. That's a, that's no, that's a whole show, man. It's just, it's, it's messed up, man. It is really, it's a really messed up story. And it's messed it's up in what context? What do you mean? Uh, just the he the I, drama I, from from the from the point of yeah drama yeah from the from the point of view uh, that I've heard it from is like he was treated really badly 
Mm, okay. You know? but, uh, of course, there are two sides to every story. Of course. Yeah, it's all but, you were um, saying. Yeah. He was he was basically becoming too popular. He so he's on Shikoku Island, which is the small island of Japan, um, of the main four, not Okinawa included. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was pretty much just dominating that whole island, and he was becoming famous, and people were starting to get annoyed. And he was start his guys were starting to incorporate the the Taisabaki into tournaments because there was there was minimal Taisabaki in actual Kyokushin mm. at the time. And Ashihara really made it um, the go-to technique of his students. And people started getting really upset. Like, he's, he's becoming too much of a power uh, mm. on this island. We need to knock him down. And apparently he was uh, invited to Tokyo and they just kind of jumped in with, yeah, we're, we're going to give you the boot. And when you get back, your dojos have all been taken over or something. So oh, wow. But out the call, like, okay, well, well, I'm starting my own thing. Then, you know, I'm sure if, if I don't know if Cameron watches this, I hope he does, but if he does watch mm -hmm. this, uh, if there's anything that I've said wrong there, I'm always happy to take constructive criticism on stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, but it's uh, those, those kind of stories. Um, if you weren't there at the time, you don't know what actually happened. I can only say what I've heard. Yeah, it's all, it's all embellishments. It's all stories. Well, it's just the same as I'm Sean well, Williams. Most, most, people, most people think that Ashihara was disloyal and left yeah. for personal gain, which is why most people leave an organization. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw it with uh, Kyokushin Khan recently. It's one of the most recent big ones where uh, Kyokushin Khan gave birth to Kenbukai. Oh, yeah. that's right, right, yeah. yeah. And, and that was a big split. And people don't people don't realize, like, people just think, oh, yeah, the number two of Khan has left and started his own thing. But actually, that really affected Kyokushin Khan financially. And, like, they had to move their hombu that had been there for years to somewhere else yeah. because so oh, wow. much. He, but Hiroshige was, right. he was such a big name, of such course. a big guy, such a well respected guy that the champion maker the champion yeah. dojo yeah. do so many world champions yeah so for the for, for him to leave it's like that's split the, split the organization in half pretty weird yeah yeah so, yeah, so, so, so do, you, do you know the i'm not asking you to, to relay it here but do you know the backstory behind that do you know With what Khan? happened there yeah no but when i'm translating for rayama next year you're gonna bet i will <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't like to listen to the little hearsay stories from yeah. branch chief stuff. I will always go like uh, I was to the really source. Lucky. Yeah, to the source. I was really lucky. Like a couple of years ago in Spain, I was translating for Sato, mm -hmm. and uh, that that was really really good because I got I got really really close with his family. I was having breakfast with him and stuff. And what's what's really one of the funny moments is uh, after training, I trained with him and his son, and like there's hundreds of black belts. This is on the WKB's camp in Spain, and uh, loads of people. And then his uh, Sato's wife just goes to me. She's like, "I'll oh, give me your gear and I'll put it in the wash." And then some of the Spanish guys are like, "Wow, your gear is going in the wash with Sato's gear." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, wow. Horse. Horse. <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't really care. But for Make sure you iron it properly. Chris is down the side properly. <laughs> I was just like, that was, that was really nice of her. And they were a really, really nice family. And the thing with Sato is I, I always thought 
you know, I've, I've watched his videos since I was a kid. So, and he's a scary looking dude. <laughs> he's a big guy. Doesn't so, Sato look, Sato now looks like Sato of Karate Kid. Karate Kid 2. You me again. He looks like that guy. <laughs> Actually, he looks a lot like Soulside. He's like he looks like Soulside now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the thing is, so he but he was a he, I always remember him. He was the big dude, wasn't he? He was like mm. Soulside was the big guy. Mm. And um, just world tournament I, winner. Yeah, and uh, he so he came across as scary, and I was just like, oh man, I bet he's going to be really intimidating. Nicest guy in the world, man. Just super super chilled. Now. One of the reasons that he's so scary looking, so he was born in uh, Sakhalin, which is the fifth island of Japan, which is now Russia. Mm. So he was born there and then moved down to uh, Tokyo. So the people up there, they're a lot closer to being like Mongolian or Eastern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Russian and stuff. He has got that, that, that look. He's not, he doesn't look like full Japanese. Yeah, but oh man, he's he's the nicest guy, and he's actually handed the dojo over to his son now a, a couple of years ago, and his son's about twenty six, twenty seven, um, and man, that guy's like one hundred and fifteen kilograms, but I've never seen anybody move so fast in my life. That guy just looking at the age of Sato, Sato is now seventy five. Yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, what a what a lovely family, and I like uh, actually the WKB camp is one of my favorite camps to go on i'm really it's actually coming up in a couple of couple of weeks but for the second year in a row i won't be able to get there but it's that just organization a, gets a lot of respect i gotta say uh, like i mean there's a gazillion different kyokushin places now uh, splinter groups but the uh, wkb yeah. gets a lot a lot, a lot of, of go in there a lot of go it's, in the yeah, WK. It's, it's hard it's hard to build a strong or well-known organization these days uh, these days you know and I, I think the the wkb for me they're the only Kyokushin organization. You know, I'm I'm not a Kyokushin purist or anything, but I am mm-hmm. linked to a lot of Kyokushin groups, and that's the only group that I am like officially uh, part of. You mm-hmm. know, but it's like, uh, yeah, Kancho Pedro. He's yeah, yeah just a, a really really cool, laid back guy. And then you know, I've got a lot of really good friends in there. And those, those camps, they're really nice. They're like big family uh, events. They're There's big camps, aren't they? There's loads of people. What was what was on there before? About three hundred people. Huh? What's that? On the on well, the last camp you was on, how many was on there? About three hundred people. Yeah, and that was a small camp. Yeah. Crazy. I and was I was supposed to go to the camp last year, but fucking COVID. Yeah, it's they're, they're really good. So I, I usually go and stay with my friend Danny in Bas in Sabadell, Barcelona, um, for about a week before. Um, we we hang out together. We we do stuff together and everything. Then we all drive down to the south, and then people come from all over Spain and different countries to the camp. And then we spend a weekend. And it's a lovely location. It's a um, like the Olympic Taekwondo facility that they use, and they've got all nice, oh, nice. hotel mm. rooms. And it is literally twenty meters from the beach. So at lunchtime, everybody's down at the beach having a drink or whatever. They're like, right. Need to work this off in training or whatever, you know. Yeah. You just see all these Spanish guys chilled with beers on the beach. But it's it's just a really, really lovely environment. Spain's got quite a few big camps, isn't it? So you've got the WBK one. You've also got Atinio's camp, Jonathan yeah. Tinio. He's got a big camp as well. Yeah. They, that's, that's like they, three, they, 400 they, people. They're usually, they're usually at the same time. So last, mm. last time, uh, you know, Sammy from One Kyokushin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sammy, Sammy from One Kyokushin, great guy by the way. That guy has done. He's awesome. So, he's done so much for the Kyokushin world. People don't, and most people don't even know who he is, unfortunately. But that guy has helped people elevate. 
their dojos and their organizations. Well, yeah. They may not know Sammy, but they know his brand now. One they know one Kyokushin. Kyokushin. One Kyokushin. Yeah. yeah, and and that's it. You know, I, I, now I see a couple of other pages that are called like One Kyokushin or Kyokushin. Yeah. Yeah. One Kyokushin One. One Kyokushin. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That was a rip off of his. Yeah. Oh, really? okay. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, one one Kyokushin, he has just helped, and he he's so helpful, and he doesn't care about money and stuff. He's just a genuine good guy, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I like, yeah, he's he's done so much for the Kyokushin community. Uh, any anyway, so he we were both looking on Instagram, and I, I just went, hold on, are you are you in Barcelona? And he was just like, oh yeah, I'm here for a camp. He's like, well, where are you? I was just, like, oh, I'm like like ten miles up the road. And he was like, oh, do you want to get together? So me, me and uh, Daniel Sanchez, she and Daniel, we, we got in the car. We went out to Barcelona City and we met up with loads of different people from IFK and different groups. And there's just no no politics, just everybody chilled, not wearing geese or anything, just walking around markets, getting buying fruit, having smoothies and stuff. Just mm-hmm. chill. Met loads of new people. And that, that's the good thing about being part of the martial arts world. You can just connect with people and even if you haven't met them you've got something beautiful in common you know yeah you've already got that icebreaker we yeah. already we already we're already brothers sisters we do and martial then, arts we do couple, karate a couple of people came up to me and they're like oh i sat in on one of your lectures a couple of years ago uh blah 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 blah, blah. and I, i'm just like oh like thank, thanks so i didn't recognize them you know which i felt a bit rude for that but it's uh you know when there when there's 300 people in a room i can't go right you're you, you, you i can't remember everybody's name but uh, a couple of people came up and they're like oh yeah that's that guy that does this blah blah blah, blah. And it's, like, oh, it's really really nice to kind of get a little bit of recognition from somebody that i don't know and they're from really far away now yeah. let's uh, talk about timelines and stuff because you're in japan so you've yeah. had you've got access to a load of material that we can't get hold of. And even if we could get hold of it, it would make really no do. sense to us at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like this. I, um, if, uh, even uh, yeah. reading is, is, is difficult. Like, especially the older books. There's I remember you saying, because it's old Japanese, isn't it? A lot of like, it people is don't old speak Japanese. like that. And yeah, nobody nobody uses this kanji anymore. So I've, I've got a very good friend here in Japan uh, called Anthony. Uh, he's he's an intellect when it comes. You got you guys will know. know oh, him. Anthony. Um, what's his Wait. surname? Wait. Oh, the doctor. Uh, yeah, he's he's like a yeah. He's he's, he's, a, he's not a medical doctor. He's a doctor no, but, research uh, or something, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Very, we're friends as well. Yeah, I speak I speak to Anthony a lot as well. Very very intelligent. One of my closest friends. Um, we used to when I first moved to Japan, we lived really close, and then I've been here a couple of months, and he moved away. So I was like. <laughs> he he had to move to the other side of Japan for uh, work, but yeah, he's very very um, good when it comes to to study and kanji and everything. And I've I've been to museums with him before, and he's turned around to his instructor uh, Tanaka Kaicho, and he's just like, "Oh, Kaicho, do you know this kanji?" And then Kaicho's like, Ugh. And like you know, Kaicho was like a mid fifties Japanese guy that that was one of Sosai Uchi Deshi's back in the day, by the way, before he branched off and did his own thing. Um, and uh, some of the kanji is just really odd. So Tony will just look it up and he'll be like, "Ah, oh, that means like World War Two air hangar." Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, you know, now you don't need those because they were specific to that time. But these books have a lot of that kind of stuff as well. And sometimes I'll sit there and I'll be like midway for a sentence. Uh, what's that? So I'll have to look it up. But for me, it's nice. 
And actually, it was Tony that really got me into studies of Kanji. He was just like, right, you need to use this app for uh, flashcards and stuff. And that's the way that you're going to remember uh, how, how to read Kanji and stuff. And now I, I still do it now because there's a lot of Kanji. So I'll, I'll spend like 15, 20 minutes a day training my brain and just taking in as many new Kanji um, as, I, as I can. You know? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so so. But the the books they have got a lot more information than the the English ones. They're very very basic texts. Mm. They're not particularly philosophical, you know. Mm. Whereas the the Japanese books they they tell the old stories and they have a lot of the old. Um, this is what the concept of this time is, and it's it's around the first World Cup that you really saw Kyokushin take uh, the big change in from. More practical. Oh yeah, well we 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 can pinpoint it to where Kyokushin lost its way of, of of realistic applied karate. All the grabs went, all the throws went, all the face punching went, and it became about knockdown sport yeah. karate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and the the thing is, like most Kyokushin guys will not count knockdown as sport karate they see sport karate as uh in japan they see it as true budo karate okay, where, you, where you stop they're like because you're hitting each other it can't be sport karate but anything, uh -huh. anything competition based is a sport ufc is a fight but it is still a sport That's right. a yeah fight, if it's got rules it's a sport any rules it's a sport and and the thing with with any style if you want to find the weakness of a style look at the tournament rule set that is how you will know the, the weakness of any style on the planet. Look at the rules and just go, right, okay. So with Kyokushin, punch into the face, guard in the face is a big issue. Mm -hmm. You know, Obviously, you have the styles that do the, uh, what's it, the shin Shinken Shobu? Shinken the, Shobu. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah uh, face punching. So, so they're, they're working. But that's very that. rare. They do it's, it, but it's very rare in Kyokushin. Yeah. Khan does that's, it, right? That's, Kyokushin Khan. Yeah, Khan, Khan's, Khan's doing it, but it's it's still it's not massive. You know, it's still not mainstream. No. But I think that's as well, though. That's as well because what we've talked about before with face punching, you can fight knockdown, right, and you can go all out, relatively safe. You know, Without you're not getting your eye socket shattered. Yeah, you're not getting your teeth smacked in. to wake you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and if you're getting caught with a couple of shots, bang, 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 it, it's not nice being punched in the face. It's not nice at all. No. So yeah, the shinken shobu, it, it's same as people who go and do UFC or go and do MMA. This, this, not everyone in the world wants to do it. So there's a select few to do it. What, what yeah. is, what do people think of? I mean, so when I was growing up, you know, Kyokushin, strongest karate, all that kind of stuff, and it had a reputation everywhere, including in Japan. What is the thought of, J of Kyokushin in Japan these days? Or is it even thought of? Yeah, no, no, no. Super well respected. Is it? Okay. Like, especially, especially like, if you, if you go into a bar and you say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Kyokushin guy, oh, mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, won't fuck with you then. Well, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Obviously, like they, they usually they don't know it, but like you know, if you explain to them that there's no face punch, you know, like, oh, I'm really shocked. They think it's like a full on oh. real fighting system. And don't get me wrong, there are some people that do do that, and there are some people that are trying to bring that back, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, but in, in Japan, I don't think anybody is really focusing on that real fighting aspect. No. 
in, enough. It's like I, I read um, one one thing I really like. Oh God, I just just finished reading this book um, a couple of days ago. One of the, so my my style is very goshin karate. It's, it's all self defense based. It's all meant for outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, rules are very very minimal. Same as same as kudo. The rule the rules are very minimal, even though there are some rules. Yeah. Um, but I will always, if I see a book on self-defense-based uh, karate, goshin karate, um, I will usually read it. And it's like, Japan, I've got a very, very warped idea of what self-defense is. I sent you guys the picture of the guy with the tuxedo gi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, try, I had to try like to get one of those. I had like a I'm business suit made out of uh, gi fabric, and he's had it all double-stitched and stuff, and he wears it with a belt and everything. And it's just like, yeah, we wear this because this is more realistic to the modern-day salary man. You know, and everything, which is right. It looks stupid. I'm just like, I, I, when I looked down at the belt, I was half expecting it to be a necktie. Yeah, right. With yellow stripes or something, you know. Um, but uh, there's there's quite a few people here that teach what they class as practical self defense, and it's like you take one look at them and I'm like, not real at all. You've never you've never had a real fight. No. Same as the army here. There's, J- Japan doesn't actually have an army. Right, it has a. Uh, it's called the Jetai, the Self Defense Force. Right, the defense. Yeah, the, the, the defense yeah. force. Yeah. Now, yeah. So I, I don't was they use Shotokan? Huh? Don't they use Shotokan? Some is it varies from barracks to barracks. So I, okay. I that's was, why they keep losing all the fights. <laughs> they don't. They don't engage in any fights. Um, so I, I was actually teaching uh, at one of the barracks somewhere that I lived uh, before. And it's like, I remember when I first went down there, the instructor was teaching what he said was Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah. But he had no, he wasn't claiming any belts, but he was saying, this is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, so I immediately, I'm like, oh, where did you train? And he's just like, oh. And I'm like, what? You're a man. He hadn't actually done any training. He'd learned some stuff from his previous instructor who also hadn't done any previous training right. in actual Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, they just knew basic rear naked chokes and some basic arm bars and stuff. The guy, the guy didn't know anything about positioning. Now, I've, I've been doing uh, judo for quite a long time. I, start, I originally started judo when I was six, uh, did that for quite a while. Now, actually, judo is my main training here. And the, the judo that I do here is Korsen judo. Yeah, so it's mainly, mainly wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say 75 to 80% wrestling instead of throwing. But mm-hmm. the job that I did back in the UK was, you know, your Olympic style uh, yeah. competition. Takedowns. Yeah. I, I, I can throw as well. But um, I also have a purple belt in Bra- uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, so I know, I know a thing or two uh, on the floor. Now, I was, I said, oh, can we wrestle? And not in a, I'm here to storm you kind of way. I just wanted to kind of feel the guy mm-hmm. out a bit. And it was like the guy w- was doing his first lesson. He knew mm. how to rear naked choke and he knew how to armbar. He didn't understand any of the basic fundamentals of positioning or keeping somebody pinned, you know, or or anything. And I was like, this is dangerous. So, uh, yeah, and people do that in karate as well, though. They like, yeah. we've learned this. You grab my wrist and I will do this and this. Oh. Right, so outside, someone's going <laughs> to grab your wrist and we're going to do it. And it's like, and I've seen people, right? And I've watched them teaching on seminars and I'm like, you have never ever had a fight in your life for real because this stuff will not work 
The yeah, adrenal I, dump hits you. You're going to be doing this. You, you're trying to you do this. You stand there. The I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like this, and the person's not going to do that. Yeah, uh, and you just see that. That's why I left tempo and <laughs> there's no experience there. It's like you are going to stand there and I'm going to hit you 21 and times. Add <laughs> yeah. a toe to toe outside with someone. You've never done it. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, you know, I, I grew up in a, a rough part of Southeast London, a really bad estate that's been knocked down now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knife crime. Todd actually real. went to private school. Yeah, I know. Terribly rough. Come on, we're going to keep the. They only. Uh, they, they, they couldn't have French toast. It's a terrible place. <laughs> no, well, the, the, the area I grew up was really, really bad. And there was actually. Um, if you look up now, Scott, look up a guy called CJ Ricard. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't even really. Did, shouldn't have actually said his name. It's too late now. Um, too late now. When, when I went to. CJ what? Ricard, R-I-C-K-A-R-D, I think. Um, yeah, it should be on Wikipedia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My first day at secondary school, a kid from another school came up, run up and just hit this kid in the head with a machete. Oh, Jesus. I see it here now. He's 14 years old. So he was a couple of years above me. Mm -hmm. uh, now, imagine, imagine being, I think I was 12. I'd moved from another school. Is he a triad? Says you, he's a triad. Yeah, no, no, no. The the guy from the other school was supposedly a triad. Basically, <laughs> what what that meant is he he was a he was a white kid, and he, he basically had a couple of Chinese friends. So they're like, oh, yeah, he's part of a triad. He's, he's a triad gang. <laughs> yeah. I'll read what it, I'll read what it listen, says here. Listen, listen, yeah, I, that's what I've got a year now. The the teenage leader of the triad styled gang was ordered to be locked up indefinitely yesterday for murdering a 14-year-old boy outside school gates with a machete. Yeah. Six attackers jailed for a total of 20 years uh, while well, Nathan Brown was convicted of murder having hacked <laughs> hacked Richard with a 17-inch machete. Yeah. Oh, I bet he didn't even know how to say a Beijing duck. bet he didn't even know how to say that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, it's, uh, and Scott, Nice, nice put down last week, man. I was so proud. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but imagine being 12 and some kids from another school just run up in force and just hack another kid in the head with a machete. Jesus. I was That's so close stuff. that blood, blood just thump, went over me and my friends, yeah? Actually, my, my best friend's dad lived in the house right next to the school gate and he was actually the guy that ran out and wrapped a towel around CJ's head and tried to hold his head together in time for the ambulance to come. But that, where I grew up, that was something that was happening on a regular basis. You know, I sent you, a vi I sent you guys a video the other day of the, the guys fighting with the machetes, yeah? Yeah. I sent you that, Terry, yeah? No. No? Just Two guys pretty, pretty much having a sword clash. Terry um, doesn't have the same relationship that you and I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, you two little buddies. You sent your little videos back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> um, my cousin actually sent me this video from the balcony of his apartment. So he was filming two guys just having like a, a Pirates of the Caribbean fight out in the street. Yeah. Going at it with, and they're clashing. And one guy actually ended up dying. He got stabbed in the heart and died uh, right there in the street. And it's just like, that was the pretty much the street that I grew up on, but it's been knocked down and now it's been real rebuilt as new. Mm. You know, all they've done is they've moved the same the same people back into those areas. Yeah, you know, so it's a commonplace. They do that here too. 
you just knocked yeah. it down and you've given these people nicer houses for them to fuck up in the future exactly. and turn, turn into the ghetto over the next 10 years. But, man, I remember... There used to be a... Terry will remember this. There used to be a convenience store called Hab Shopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still, yeah, still got yeah. them. You. What you are you doing? Latest rage. We just got them. They just got electricity. They've right just there. opened now. Brand new chain. They're fantastic. <laughs> you could go in Terry. there and buy a packet of crisps for 15p. <laughs> Terry was on dial up until last week. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, that, that carrier pigeon that you sent me last month was a bit battered when it got him. <laughs> didn't get him anywhere, did it? <laughs> All new, right? Do not be around the happy shopper at 7 30 p.m. on a Friday night because that's when it gets robbed. Wow, right? the owner knew as well that 7 30 on a Friday that's when he's got his appointment to be robbed. Yeah, wow. so two guys had come in, maybe the same two guys. I don't know. Um, I know where they're both are now, they're both inside now. Um, <laughs> And they would come and they would rob the place. And the thing is that the owner knew if he didn't have money, they'd trash the shop. Mm. Yeah. If he had too much money, he didn't have any money left. So right. he'd be like, right, I'll leave just enough in there every week <laughs> for, for them to be satisfied enough to not wreck my shop. So they'd come in, they'd rob the place, they'd take cigarettes and stuff as well. But actually, like, from what we heard, it actually got to the point where they were like, okay, we won't take the piss with what we take. We'll take a quarter of the cigarettes and we'll leave him with the rest. Yeah. Jesus. You know? Sounds like but, Chicago. But we, we just knew that it was not smart to hang around there at that time. They probably wouldn't have robbed us, but if somebody from an outside area had been walking through that happy shop, you're like, hold on, you don't live around here. <laughs> what, what have you got? <laughs> yeah. And that part of London, I, I remember just seven or eight years ago, one of my students came up to me when I was still living in the UK. I was still teaching a dojo in that part of London. And one of my students came up to me. He's just like, oh, I got mugged at school today. And I was like, what? What school do you go to? So he said the school I went to. He's like, oh, don't worry. They didn't take anything. I'm like, oh, you used your training? He was like, no, no, no. This kid was like 14. He was just like, no, nah, these guys were like 18, 19. They were a lot bigger than me. Um. And they were like, oh, what phone have you got? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got this phone. And they were like, oh, no, we don't want that. Like, <laughs> like tell your parents to buy <laughs> As Tell your parents to buy you a better phone and then we'll come back and rob you in the future. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, so we're in a day and age where the thieves can afford to be picky and choosy. Jesus. Robbing, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. But that, that part of London was really dangerous. And I believe when you grow up in a bad area, you get an immediate sense for somebody else that can handle himself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah you, you will know. Like, 100%. I'll, I'll go on. A, I, I remember first time I met Terry, I was just like, yeah, it's, he, he can scrap without a doubt. And yeah. then after getting to know him for a while, I was just like, I, I remember we were sat down in the kebab shop in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun times, eh? Uh, we were oh, sat yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're talking about our, our ideologies and stuff and, and you know, our, our theories about stuff. And I just remember sitting there thinking, do you know what? I'm sat with three people that I actually truly believe if a, a, real, a real bar fight kicked off. Right. These three people wouldn't leave me. Right. Exactly. 100%. I know exactly what you mean. Oh, my God. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Now, the problem is most times when I go on a seminar, I'll be sat in a room with hundreds of black belts. And I just I scan the room and I'll be like, fuzzies. 
Yeah. Great knockdown fighters. Great. Yeah. In uh, other good stuff. Karatikas, um, good sportsman. Terry and I have talked about this. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's very important. You know, it's most of the time. If I if I go out and I'm with like I'm on a seminar in another country and we go to a bar, I'm like, right. If anything was to kick off, I'm on my own. They will all run. Yes, I totally know what you mean. A hundred percent know what you mean. There's, there's only a few people that I'm just like, right, okay, today it's me and oh, no, Terry, Terry's it. Terry will stay. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, or whatever. Terry will be the one probably starting it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've had to cover your ass. It doesn't take anything away from anyone. I remember in a, I heard in an interview or something. It was um. I'll fucking butcher this, but it was basically a comparison between Boss Rutten and GSP, both yeah. high caliber people. But GSP is not going to get in a street fight with somebody. He's he does not. He's an athlete. He's an ath yeah, he's an athlete. He's a sportsman. He's whatever. He's going to avoid all kinds. That boss will, to your point, will fuck you up. Yeah, you're not going to mess around, with Boss Rutten. I, I would, man. I would. I wouldn't even make the wrong joke with Bass Root. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I always said before, just because you are a top athlete, a top boxer, uh, you know, uh, a top anything, don't mean you can fight outside. Well, it doesn't again, mean, doesn't mean back, you're sneaky. doesn't mean you've got that killer instinct like a shark. Going back to, to GSP. important. Yeah, so going back to GSP, I remember reading an interview years ago with him. He went to he was training jujitsu and he was in Brazil. So obviously people identify him and they want like they see this fucking guy. They're poor, they don't give a fuck. They're on a, he's on the beach and shit and people were trying shit with him and he was freaked out. He was like, "I'm I'm a I'm a athlete. I I'm not yeah. here to fucking get <laughs> one one on one and one on 10 people that might actually just come up behind you." Yeah. Is Totally, totally different. Big you know? difference. Big difference. It's, I think the area that you grow up is very important. You know, that's where you build your your alerts. Your your or the family you grow up in. <laughs> that's where you become streetwise. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, living in Japan has softened me a lot. Um, I was noticing that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, it's 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 really softened me a lot. So, like, where where I grew up, I, I actually I moved out of London and I ended up moving. Um, out more to the countryside towards Luton Airport, so like in the suburbs um, and stuff. And it was a lovely little countryside place and everything. And I was I was very very happy there. But moving moving to Japan, I'm just like it's so rare that there's a fight here. And when when a fight does break out, it's just embarrassing to watch. Hold on, you told me. I remember again. It's so weird because I have COVID time, so I can't tell if it's a year ago or two years ago now. But you were telling me about something that went down. You were watching something from your window, and you went outside. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, you that, know that, what I'm talking about? That's like four years ago. Four years. Is ago. it? Holy yeah. shit! Okay, no, yeah. I, I lived in a different part of Japan then. So. And you were saying uh, it's such an anomaly. It was so weird. I, I, I Some guy went crazy or something, right? I got, it's like midnight and I just hear screaming. So I'm like, ah, oh, foxes. You know, in London, if you hear that kind of screaming, you're like, oh, yeah, some, some foxes are going at it today. You know, somebody getting lucky. <laughs> and, um, but I, I looked out the window and it's a woman screaming and there's just a guy like slapping her in the face right outside my house. So they'd obviously come from a bar. The guy got drunk and, you know. So I've gone downstairs pretty much wearing nothing just un yeah. on and <laughs> that's right, yeah. run, run out run outside barefoot and i've just i pushed him off i'm like hey 
like, don't do that outside my house. You know? Mm. And then I, I thought about oh, what yeah. I said. Not, oh, not, man, not don't, don't hit the woman. Take yeah, her yeah. own fucking hit her. Don't do it outside my house. Wait, wait, let me get, let me get to. And then I'm like, wait a minute, no, I've just said don't hit her outside my house. Like, like it's okay to go somewhere else and do it, you know. And uh, I, I was, I was just like, waking people up. jokes. Oh, man, this guy's disturbed my sleep. Um, run downstairs. He's got in my face. He's about up to here. <laughs> and in English, he's going, "Don't touch me! Don't touch me!" And he pulls his sleeves up, and he's like, "I'm yakuza." And I just I push him in the bush, one hand like a child, and I'm like, I don't care, right? Immediately, the woman runs behind me and puts her hands on my shoulder, and she's looking around me like this, like I'm her new husband or something, right? And she's like, oh yeah, like this, my new man, kind of thing. And I'm like, hey, you get off me as well, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm not not interested. Um, and the guy's in my face. In the end, we hear the sirens come in. He like he's he's in my face trying to fight me, and I'm just I'm just like. Stone face, like yeah, not not phased. That whole I'm yakuza thing might intimidate Japanese people. I didn't even move. I'm just like, yeah, like doesn't matter. You've not got fifty guys with you now to back you up, so I'm very comfortable right now. Yeah, um, and then we heard the the sirens coming, so he runs to his car, which is parked in the middle of the road, right, about twenty meters before any traffic lights, and he tries to make an escape, but he's so drunk that he drives about six metres <laughs> around the corner and the cops pull up and I'm, I'm just like... He's there. Yeah. I remember Six metres away, <laughs> yeah. So he gets out of the car and starts going absolutely crazy. Next thing you know, two, meat wag uh, two police vans <laughs> turn up and like immediately there's like 15, 16 cops and they just could not control him and i'm like he's not that strong it's just the police don't know here how to handle somebody that's flailing arms oh, interesting. Not sure they do but in the smaller cities or the countryside they're not used to that kind of stuff so they're like oh my god what do we do what do we do and they're all they're all holding their hands out like that and they've kind of <laughs> built a circle to try and stop him escaping and they're doing that and i'm just like I bet it's like a scene at the Demolition Man. All the all the future coppers are like, oh my god, it's a murder death kill. Murder death kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly that kind of thing, you know. Fuckers affairs too. <laughs> and um so it's that so I'm I'm making a statement with the police and they're like, Oh, like what have you done? And I'm like, Well, what, what, what do you mean what have I done? I'm stopping the situation. And all the all of the uh, the balconies in bar, uh, the building in front of my old house had all the balconies going up and everyone's looking out the window like I'm the one doing something bad because I'm foreign. Oh, and yeah, Japanese yeah. guy up and yeah, his wife. Yeah. Racism. Racism. I, I say to the police, I'm like, hey, this this is my dojo like, right here. Yeah, it's like, this is, this is my Steven dojo. I'm Steven Seagal. <laughs> this is my dojo right here. You know, it says Goshin Karate right there, you know, and they're like, oh, um, I was just like, yeah, I, I, the guy woke me up. I went out and dealt with the situation, which wasn't really a situation. But they're still struggling. So in the end, I was just like, do you want me to go and sort that out? And they're just like, oh, it's okay. And then they're still really struggling. So I just walked up, just got the guy, not in a real rear naked choke, just kind of held him, kind of dragged him over to the car a bit, and then they just lifted him into the car. I ended up getting three students out of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I still remember the story when it happened. It's yeah, fucking right. hilarious. I mean, I told you, like, the day after it happened, I was like, oh, man, the shit night I've had, man. Oh. Side note, side note, 
how is Steven Seagal looked at in Japan? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think many people have heard of him, to be honest. Mm. He went there when he was 17 and invented Aikido. What are you talking he invented about? Aikido. He was the first white guy to ever have a dojo I'm, in Japan. What in Tokyo, Todd? What the fuck? I, I don't know anybody that really gives a shit about what he does. <laughs> and I don't, I don't roll in Aikido circles at all. You know, yeah. I really... I don't like Aikido. Oh, why not? Racism. <laughs> that's ra- that's that is reverse racism. racism. Yeah, racism. Reverse racism. How is how is in Japan? How is Aikido looked at in Japan? Because it's kind of in the West. Yeah, I I've done a bit of Aikido and it's got good stuff. I in did there. too. Some of like Ikkyo Nikkyo Sankyo, those wrist locks and stuff. There's some good stuff. But it is amongst a lot of faff that does not work. It's so in Japan, how is it viewed from like a karate point of view, Goshin point of view? I don't really know. Not from a Goshin point of view, no. It's like, especially in my, my dojo, where I will openly say, this style is legit and this style is for show. You know, my students all know. Like one of my students came to me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, oh. I've been training with some boxers at university recently. They're good, aren't they? I was like, I told you to guard your head. Mm, you know? yeah. He's the hard way. I've got another guy. I'm really lucky. All of my teenage students, they do judo in high school. But so, how, how, is, how is martial arts uh, as a spectrum um, in Japan looked at? Like, is it still, is it considered like, I don't, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Is it, is it mystical? Is it whatever? Or is it something? Like, or is it, it just like the, soccer and baseball? Like yeah, baseball. exactly. Is it the same way we look at soccer or baseball here? I think for some people it is very much looked at as a hobby. I think when you get more, when you get deeper into it and you get into competition and stuff, I think it's, mm-hmm. like, okay, it's becoming a bit more uh, serious. Same as, other, same as other parts of the world, you know. But then you yeah, but no, but it's not, it can't be. J- Japan is the fucking birthplace of karate. Right, Okinawa. No, technically, Okinawa. Technically, it came from China. Went Okinawa. It it went over to Japan. We can can even go. We can go back to India. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, you know, you know. But you know what I'm trying to say. We we have this. It goes back to the beginning of this conversation three hours ago, or whatever it was, when we were just talking about Japan and the uh, the Japanification of things here in the West. We think that. We think in Japan that everybody sees martial arts and everybody's just like, oh, it's so revered and whatever. Or is it just a sport? It's not. It's not just. A, it's kind. Of, it's kind of in the middle. But let's let's just say, like, yeah, karate was born here. But I I personally believe uh, I've got a different way of thinking to other people. A lot of people that move to Japan will move to Japan to, or they'll they'll visit Japan and they think that it legitimizes their Karate, or it right. Some, and some people it does, though, doesn't it? Like you look at somebody like Andre Bertel. Yeah, but he was an amazing martial artist before he came to Japan. Right. It didn't, Japan didn't make him what he is. It didn't make him what he is, and that's the thing. But a lot of people they'll be shit in their own country, and they come to Japan, and then immediately, immediately they put themselves in elevated. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they now think I'm I'm in Japan, therefore I can look down on all of you guys. Isn't mm-hmm. I have uh, I've I've been to Japan twice. I don't like oh, to talk Jesus about it. I've been, <laughs> no, he doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> I've been, hey, I've been, I've been to Japan twice today. 
You live in there, don't count. You live there, don't count. What 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 about uh same same idea but slightly off Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because we were alluding to it earlier. So it's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu came on the scene. Sorry? It's very big here. How, and what's what's the thought of it? Like it's it's kind of weird because it kind of went full circle because Count Maeda went to uh, Brazil with ju- judo and whatever, and then they developed this thing, and now it's come back. Like how is it? How is it seen? I know it, it's it's a very difficult question. Do they learn it as a sport? Do they you feel like this? You can't answer for all of Japan, obviously, but I, I, I can't, of course. But it's like I, you know, I'm fairly in there with the BJJ community in Japan. You right. know, I, know, I know a lot of people. You, usually, if you're doing BJJ, people will take you seriously. They're like, oh, mm. if you're doing BJJ, then you're probably doing MMA as well. That's not right. always okay. the case, of course. Mm. But they're just like, oh, yeah, you, you can grapple. Grappling you know your shit. Grappling's the scary thing. That's the thing that people are worried about because that's what you see so much grappling um, in UFC and stuff now, obviously. Yeah. You know? um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's become very popular, and like you say, it's it's gone full circle and it's come back. The the, the jujitsu competition scene in Japan is massive, but when it comes, I find to Japan, that sorry, I find that absolutely. I could write a fucking whole paper just on that. I find it incredible how you have this base martial art that left Japan, goes China. off, go, goes off to Brazil, develops in this entirely new thing, and then makes its way all the way back to Japan, Japan. and now people are doing it in entirely... I find that beautiful. I find it beautiful. I find it amazing. It's very poetic, isn't it? It's poetic, exactly. I find it strange. You find it strange? I find it strange. Why? I don't know. It's weird. It is weird seeing all of these Japanese guys with all of the logos and stuff um, (laughs) on their keys. But at the same time, you've you've got some very very, very good grapplers here and some very big organizations that are now building in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world here, you know. You've got legends here like uh, Nakai Yuki, Yuki Nakai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's here, you've got uh, other guy, uh, Enson Inoue. Yes, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. That, guy, that guy's a legend and he, yeah. I think he's in Japan for like 30 yeah. years or something, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that guy, that guy's a fighter, man. Is that I, I follow him on uh, Instagram. We yeah, talk me a too. Sometimes I don't know him that well. Speaking but, of yeah. legends in Japan, yeah, how how is Sakuraba looked at in Japan? Oh yeah, in uh, we, we when it comes to grappling, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, how can he not be? Yeah, man, yeah, oh, man, you do not. I'm telling you, I've been leg locked by that guy. You don't want to be there. You did? You rolled with him? I've I've been demoed on by him. Oh wow, that's awesome. Man, that is some pain, man. I mean, he is—he is not uh, forgiving at all. It's just like, yeah, he's—he's he's not sweet. When, so when what I'm makes so, what someone, makes someone like him so different? Huh? What makes someone like him different? He's a bit crazy. Is that what yeah. it is? You can see, you can see <laughs> when he's fighting. He's bonkers, isn't he? He's doing yeah, somersaults on the people in the ring. Mm. But very, very intelligent. Right. Yeah. Same, same as Yuki Nakai. Very, very intelligent. Right. Man. It's and probably man. though his crazy edge that's giving him an edge when he's fighting. Like you know, he's the Gracie killer. They call him the Gracie killer. Yeah. But I think it's probably that that willingness to go outside the normality and be a bit crazy, a bit doolally that catches other people out because mm-hmm. they're used to doing things a certain set way. And because he's now deviating from the norm and doing 
jumping up somersault to get into a better position. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? And head. then he's catching, catching people <laughs> out with it. That's what I mean. But like now, now the thing is, it's like so. I, Brazilian. I, I first tried Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in like two thousand and two or three. Yeah, long, long, long time ago. That was that was when I first had my first experience with it, mm. and uh, it's it's changed a lot. Now the thing is, like, I've got a lot of good friends in the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu community, and a lot of them give karate or other styles. They give it a lot of shit. You know, it's like if it's not Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or judo, we don't care. Yeah, mm. all karate guys don't know what they're doing. Apparently. What about kudo? What do they think of kudo? It's not that well known here, but you know, really uh, among among karate guys, it's well known. But it's 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 not as big as people think. Unfortunately, I wish it was. Yeah, um, with with Brazilian jiu jitsu, they they don't really care about other styles, and they're like, oh yeah, look at how splintered uh, karate is and everything. But it's happening with with Brazilian jiu jitsu, and they're like, look at how impractical karate is these days, which is true. I agree with them. I but agree. Ten ten years ago. I remember I saw a, a karate guy do a rear naked choke uh, in a video, mm-hmm. and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community jumped on him like, you don't know this technique, how can you teach it? They didn't know that that guy's also like a fourth down in judo. Yeah, they didn't even stop to ask. This guy knows what he's talking about. I've watched him wrestle with Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts comfortably. Interesting, yeah? okay. But you can't say that he doesn't know what he's doing. And, but they based it on, oh, we're going to assume you don't know what you're doing because you're using the karate label. We're not going to yeah. check. He could have been a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt as well. They didn't bother to check. They looked at the technique and said, you don't know what you're doing. But he's actually his technique for me, I was, I was looking at it, I was just like, that's a really crisp rear naked choke. It's a beautiful, you know, there's no gaps. Interesting, um, okay. So, so they were, they were giving, it, giving it grief. But now the thing is, if you reverse it, now Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys are doing a lot of punching. So they put on massive 16-ounce boxing gloves, and they're like, okay, we're going to punch like this very, very slowly, and you shoot underneath. And they're like, now we're doing realistic yeah. uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it's just like, Now well, we're doing MMA. Yeah. Like, we're not, as karate guys, we're not allowed to say, hey, your punches are shit. Yeah. You, you look at some of the top jiu-jitsu guys or some ex- uh, female UFC champions that don't know shit about punching. <laughs> yeah, no comment. It's kind of shit. And it's like, but us as a karate community, apparently, we're not qualified to uh, comment on striking. Yeah. You know, because obviously we've never thrown a punch or a kick uh, before. No. You know, it's there, there are a lot of flaws with modern karate. You know, a lot of people hide behind kata and stuff, but that's not to say that there aren't people out there that can scrap because they're mm-hmm. definitely. Are there any kata in your system? No. God bless you. No. Um, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I grew up, I loved, I loved kata. I, 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 used to, I used to love kata. It, it was my thing when I was growing up. Growing up. And application especially, I loved it. When so I why sat, is it dropped? Why did you drop it? It's not a practical learning method. Which it's, is what we were talking about. This is what, exactly. We, we talked about this. this. We Let's so you Todd you know that I was I was an uh, an avid kata fan right I was an advocate for kata if you're not I love kata, kata you're too not, you're not doing karate if you're not doing kata because all the secrets are hidden within it okay <laughs> but like now we're looking at stuff and it's like well no you show you're showing me 
a, a dance routine, a movement. Then I've got to try and decipher what it is that we're doing. Oh, actually, we're doing X, Y, and Z. Now you want me to practice that with a partner. Why don't you just show me X, Y, and Z, and I'll practice with a partner? Look, I don't know how, Todd, I don't know how it is over there in, in Japan. For me, I, I look at it as super simple. It's political. It's a political environment. So you were in a time where you weren't allowed to, to train martial arts. You weren't allowed to do things. So people were taught two-man drills, but you can't do it in public. So you need to go off and practice somewhere. So we'll teach you this kata that keeps Capoeira. everything. Exactly, exactly. Right? But it's a different time. We're in 2021. We can do whatever the fuck we want for now. Uh, so it, it, it's a time and place. I, I, it's weird because I like it as an art, like Terry was saying. Oh, yeah. I think aesthetically it looks nice and stuff, yeah. but I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it, uh, it's, it doesn't fit our, our environment. Our, I just think we've, we've become more modern now. So where did yeah. we fall? The kata was a Everything evolves. of knowledge. Yeah. It was a textbook for the karateka. At that time. It was time. a way of transferring knowledge. Yeah. But now... It's YouTube, there's books, there's videos. There's exactly. Backstreet karate, that's where you need to go. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh, oh, so you've got all this stuff. Now, <laughs> now that, we eh? can just actually drill it. We can just actually drill yeah. the stuff. I, I, I took it out and I started teaching. I'm like, right, so my, my system, we, we have uh, striking, we have throwing, and we have wrestling. You know, we have groundwork as well. Do you have a um, syllabus, though, or, or belt? Yeah, but, yeah, but it's very, uh, the grappling syllabus is very open. You mm -hmm. need to look. We, I teach positions. Uh, I teach pinning techniques. Yeah, framing. Uh, and then I, I teach. I teach the uh, techniques as well. But mm -hmm. then you learn through rolling. You know? Right. Um. So you, you you apply that through rolling, and that's mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about grappling styles. You can't fake it. Right. We, you 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 cannot fake grappling styles. You cannot do non-contact judo. You cannot do right. <laughs> you right. can do karate with no contact, and you can become a black belt at punching air. Yes, I've yeah. it could be, it's fake. It could be fake. I did. I became a black belt in kempo punching air. I did. I'm the first one to admit it. I I, I have my diploma in punching air. And there's there's no there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know that you know. Unfortunately, here in Japan, kids, oh man, there's, there's a dojo local to me and they've got really young, like five, six-year-old black belts. Yeah, and, and like these kids, some of them, like not the kids so much, the parents believe that their kids are weapons now. And we talked like, about oh, this. Jesus. Again, we flog this. Oh, yeah, this no, dead no, horse. Every time you guys do your show, I'm sat there like, but it's it's true though. I'm gonna fuck that seven year old well, kid if, up. If you if you're training for sport, fair enough, right? But like yeah. you just said, don't don't be deluded. Don't train one way and think I am a stone cold blooded killer. Yeah. Because you're not. Exactly. Parents, so one one time we had like a cross training session. So I, I'm really I'm political. I'm I'm open to anybody coming to my dojo. I've got uh, one Kyokushin guy, he's running a Kyokushin uh, dojo. I won't say what organization because it's one of the ones that's not allowed to cross train. Oh, he's going to be banned. He's going to be banned. Let me, just ring, let me just ring my friend in New York. Ring my friend in New York. For the folks listening on the uh, podcast, we're just rotating our first finger. 
he's coming and he's coming and training with me to to get a more practical sense right of stuff. he's just like man he's like i've never been pushed maybe he thinks you're really cute <laughs> and he just wants to be close to you and hold you maybe a lot of people do um, <laughs> and um but yeah he comes to trains and it's like so we had an open training session with like various dojos some some kyokushin some that have broken away from kyokushin and now just use like the surname and the dojo yeah as a name, but they're essentially they're teaching kyokushin um and then some guys from a traditional club as well and the the this kid came down and this kid was the only child black belt there. I don't allow any black belts at, at junior age. No, no black belt until a minimum 18. Well, sure. Um, which is, gotta be 18. Which does same not same as in my dojo. Gotta be 18. Not, yeah, same here. Same in ours too. Um, and uh, this kid came down and I've got one of those heavy hanging sandbags, the two level ones. So you hit your shin with one and you hit the uh, bottom one with the other. And uh, I said to this kid, don't hit that. It's really, really hard. Two minutes later, cocked wrist, and then uh, sprain. Sorry, Japanese. Uh, sprain. Sprained wrist. Yeah, and it's just the parents are like, oh, he sprained, sprained his wrist. I was like, told him not to hit it. He assumed <laughs> it was soft like the other punch bags, but that is filled with condensed sand that has been in there for a couple of years, and now it's like hitting a rock. You know? So it's just like this, but this kid had never even hit a mitt before or anything, you know. And he's a black belt, never even hit like a, a focus mitt or mm. anything. And I think that is a, that is a real not just problem. kids though, adults. There's adults, adults that have never actually made contact with someone, and they and I used to uh, train with another karate club, another style, and they were always training the miss. They're always pulling it, and they would never hit each other. And I'm like, let's hit each other hit me with it and they'd hit you with it expecting your spleen to explode and you're like it's not really hurting to be honest and then you just give them a like a, a starsky bang and they because they're just not used to hitting things they're not used to being hit and it's yeah. like this you know you, you can't you can't train like you can't train to miss you can't train to just tippy tap and be like this technique is so deadly that if i touch anyone with it they'll if die I, if i extend an inch i'll be fine yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. will die. If I throw these, people will die. So I can't do it. <laughs> this is the problem. Like, I, I grew up as a kid in Shotokan. And now, I'm, unfortunately, within the Kyokushin world, Shotokan does not get much respect. You're just like, ah, oh, you say Shotokan, you assume WKF. Some of the mm -hmm. toughest dudes I know are in Shotokan. And I, I know Shotokan guys that would fuck up Kyokushin guys. Andre Brutel. Yeah, Andre Andre's a really, really explosive guy as well you know and it's like but the 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 shotokan that i grew up in it was that was heavy stuff man uh, like if you did not escape a punch to the face you were getting a broken nose you get smashed yeah, like, well a lot you know, most of the guys who fought most of the guys that fought wuko back in the 70s 80s and all got like their teeth knocked out from wuko from fighting point scoring because it was like, yeah, it's controlled, but if you come forward a bit too close as I'm punching, you're getting your teeth knocked out. And it's not my fault, it's your fault, because you mm -hmm. run on to it. Yeah. I actually got disqualified for a tournament for getting smashed in the face once, which is like, wait a minute, he's connected. Stop running you. into <laughs> his fist. Yeah, why are you doing that? Why are you running into his fist, man? <laughs> oh, well, that was young, but, um, Yeah. It's, uh, there, there are a, a lot of really, really big problems. And I think in, in Japan, especially because it's so safe, nobody is really experienced 
in fighting. But you know, back yeah. to Carter, I teach the I teach throws and I teach grappling techniques that might might not be hidden in these katas, but I do not see coding something as a good uh, source for learning. It is a right? no. great way. It's like you have to find the Easter eggs. It's, it's a great way of learning something and practicing something independently, but do not think that practicing that alone is going to make you a fighting machine. I've yeah. got one. There's a couple of people that I will listen to on kata. One, one of my friends, Andy Bennett, he, he was teaching yeah. a dojo. Uh, maybe one mile away from from my dojo, and when um, he teaches kata, he teaches all of the application as well as part of the kata. You are not allowed to pass your grading without knowing all of this stuff, and I mean it is really in depth, and you have to test it practically as well. That's you awesome. Can't, you can't just hold it and do that. He's really really strict, and he he's a really really good. That's teacher. awesome. I love hearing that. <laughs> some time in the UK and uh, time in Germany as well so he's going back and forth but he's a really really good instructor and a really really good guy as well but most people that teach kata now they hide behind it mm -hmm. like, I know yeah. I, I, I watched the fifth dan in oh, I can't remember what stuff probably shot <laughs> probably shot the gun uh, come down to a BJ uh, BJJ lesson about seven years ago that I was that I was part of and he came down, he wore his karate gi and everything, and he put on his black belt. And I'm like... In Japan? No. In, uh, in London. Okay. And uh, I, I was like, oh, uh, you might want to put a white belt on. He's just like, oh, I don't have one. I was just like, mm, people aren't going to go easy on you. And he, he was just like, oh, it's okay. Like, I know a thing or two about grappling. I'm like, all right. Like, oh, you've done this before? I've done a few roles. And he just like, and he starts going, oh, no, all of the uh, grappling is all in the cutters, blah, blah, blah. Man, when that guy left, he had one sleeve left on his gi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. collar was half torn off the gi. And, I mean, he didn't roll with anybody that was over a two-stripe white belt. Yeah. yeah, and it was just man, it was just embarrassing to watch. He obviously he never came back. Now you do get some people that join jujitsu, and they get that wake up call, and then they're like, "This is a serious flaw in what I do. I need to come and train this." Even one of the the Power Rangers, uh, you know, you remember Rocky from the Power Rangers, the second. Yeah. I yep. was still, I was still a Turtles fan when uh, the Power Rangers come on. I refused. I, to watch it. I want to be a Ninja Turtle. I remember that. I refused <laughs> to watch it. I'm Ninja Turtles till I die. But the second, the second Red Power Ranger was a guy called Steve Cardenas, mm -hmm. and he was a fourth or a fifth down in Taekwondo. He went and did some jujitsu, got absolutely smashed. Now he's a Brazilian jujitsu black belt, and his main job is he runs a full time Brazilian jujitsu school in uh, Texas, I think Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, te Texas, you know, so it's just like that's that's the right attitude. It's just like, man, I've been completely smashed in this area. I need to go and focus on it. Joe Rogan, same thing. He was uh, a North American or at least American champion in Taekwondo, introduced to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and completely diverse. It's, uh, it's an important base to cover, especially in like, well, in Wales, especially. Everybody does fucking rugby. Yeah, they can fucking tackle you and pin we did, you. We've done a video on this before, right? So, like, all your takedowns, all your jiu-jitsu, all your grapples, all your throws. One of the hardest things to defend against is a dump where someone comes into you, oh, rams yeah. their shoulders into you, and they just lift you up on your ass cheeks, just tap it while they pull you. You can't defend against it. And people get picked up and dumped in bins, dumped on the concrete, and you go down hard. You hit the ground hard. 
That's where you get hit with the earth. But it, yeah. like, the, the analogy that I use for, I've got two analogies that I use for kata. One of them is, so a lot of people, they will pass their um, theory test of kata by demonstrating the kata. They'll show mm -hmm. you the moves of the kata, yeah? But then it's very rare that people will have to do any kind of application. And even the people that are doing application, like, I'm a grappler. I can I can look at a karate guy doing a throw and be like, mm, no, no, no. Like, there's there's no kazushi there. You know, like, you're, you're not taking this guy off balance. Uh, you know, you're you're not doing this properly. It would only work on a karate guy that mm. is standing there like a scarecrow, ready to be thrown. Yeah, right. Um, uh, like there's 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 no movement. And uh, when people practice the kata, they're usually holding their arm out, and it is that kind of stuff we looked at earlier. You know, of course there are exceptions to this. So imagine kata the, as the pattern, as your driving. Uh, theory test, your your written exam, yeah, mm -hmm. and the actual application is the physical driving test. Mm -hmm. You would not be allowed to pass a driving test without actually being able to drive the car. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other the other analogy that I use is um, kihon. Like when it when it comes to karate in general, kihon is like the uh, alphabet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you've got uh, kata is like your sentence your, structure, your, grammar. Kata is your uh, textbook. Yeah. Kumite is the exam. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough people put themselves through that exam. I know loads of people, myself included, when I was younger, I passed lots of my uh, gradings based on my kata being strong. Would mm -hmm. I be a would I have been able to apply that in a real fight? Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. why I took it out. I, I, I believe it's a flawed system. I don't, I don't knock anybody for doing kata. If you want to do that, that's fine. But do not tell me that you are going to be able to wrestle with a jiu-jitsu purple belt or you're going to be able to throw with a judo blue or brown belt or whatever based on you knowing freaking Seunchin mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, you know. You, you have to practice with somebody that is being in compliance. Of course, when you learn the technique, learn the technique slowly in a safe manner. But then if you are not drilling it, what's the point? Brazilian You've jiu got to be able to put it under pressure. So do, do, Otherwise, do those, none of it works. Do those elements belong in Kyokushin? Uh, what, what elements? In what now? Grappling, uh, trapping, grappling, takedowns. Well, yeah, control. it's there. It's already. It's not All just. Right. It's okay, not that do they belong. Okay, okay right. it's already there. Most <laughs> most people do not even understand the term karate. Yeah, even China in even in Japan. Right, <laughs> Scott. What what does what yeah. does what does karate mean? Chinese hand. And what kind do you look at? Okay, right. The first one was not actually Chinese. It was Tang Hand. Yes, actually, it was Tong. He's pronouncing it incorrectly, folks. It's actually Tong. It's actually pronounced Nong. There's no T in old Chinese. It's pronounced Nong. So, karate. Yeah. So, yeah. What? What, Scott? What do you take that to mean? So again, I'm joking aside. Um, using the original kanji, 
was influenced from Chinese martial arts. It was this Tong Han meaning uh, from the Tong dynasty. The, the, the kanji that we use now, karate. Empty hand. Um, okay. What does that mean? Uh, fighting without weapons. I don't know. Right. And this is the problem. This is the, this yeah. is the, the kind of t stuff that I teach when I, I was, I was actually meant to come over and teach at your dojo. I know. I know the COVID shit. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that you would have you would have got little little bits that people don't know. But I read a lot and I study a lot. Um, okay, we look at. Uh, I'm gonna gonna get my. How long have we been going here, Terry? Have you been? We're, we're like we're all, we're like two hours two hours just over oh, two Jesus. hours. <laughs> we, we need, we need to be. We need to be. No, no. We just need to be closing it up now because people are just get bored. That's fine. Todd's coming back. It's all good. I'm coming back. Oh shit! He's getting his whiteboard out. <laughs> yeah, this, you you got to wipe these people listening on a podcast, man. So they can't see whatever you're writing. So you just That's need it. to to grammarize yeah, it, it, explain it. Okay, for instance, okay, karate. Sorry about my kanji, but karate do. Right, yeah. So most people, this this kanji. Okay, kara. He's looking at the first kanji in karate, kids. Top one, yeah, kara. Yeah, it can be pronounced as sora or ku or kara. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, if you like, for instance, if you take this middle kanji out, mm -hmm. okay, that okay, is. he's taking a tape. That's kudo. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Karate do kudo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So karate is empty hand way, and kudo is empty way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it does not just mean like a, a a full hand or an empty hand. It doesn't mean a physically empty hand. If we say that it means you don't have weapons in your hand, then what happens if you do pick something up? Are you no longer doing karate? Yeah. If if I pick up this and I use it to hit you in the head, am I not doing karate? If I if I practice the tetsuyuchi. And I, I suddenly pick up a kobutan or something and hit you in the head. Am I no longer doing karate, even though it's the same technique? This is mm -hmm. a weapon. Yeah, right. it doesn't mean a physically empty hand. So that kanji has a very, very vast um, uh, translation area. So it can mean sky, yeah, sora, sky. Mm -hmm. It can mean space. It can mean uh, mm -hmm. void. Yeah, it is something that is very, very vast, very, very big, like heavenly. Yeah. So, so it means heaven hand, as in God hand, the yeah, hand of God. God. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it, it means like, the way that I look at it, it's a bit of a broad translation, but kind of like a limitless hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's too much for you to, there's so much for you to take in that you can't possibly get it. There's no end yeah. Yeah. to what you do rather than just simply yeah. a physically empty hand. Kanji is originally from China, Hanzi. Um, mm -hmm. And, you think about it, what is, every, every single kanji has a very, very romantic meaning, you know? Sure, it's a pictogram, right? That, that comes back, the reason that we prompted this question, so let me. I forgot so what the question then, was now. Uh, it, it, was, it was about uh, the emphasis in, in kyokushin, like grappling and everything. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so People on the podcast, he's scribbling oh, away on his little pad. He's on his little pad and he's uh, scribbling down things. He's, he's not listening to this podcast. Okay. So, oh, this, that's, sorry, that's really sloppy. Sorry. He's now uh, written 
to me in my my kanji that looks like uh Drag, dragon dragon hand. Kanku. <laughs> That's close. The, close. The, kan the kanku is a big part of Kyokushin as well. Yeah. But again, people don't know. What oh shit! We're going into kanku. Yeah. All right, we're good for another thirty minutes, folks. Let's go. <laughs> people think it's like oh to view the sky and stuff. Yes. When someone says oh, now, kids. people are like, oh, it means to view the sky. I'm like, just going to gaze off mystically at the sky. That's that's not what it means. It means that kanji for uh, view is mm -hmm. like <clears throat> to take a deep look, like almost like an encompassment. Yeah. So imagine the kan kanku as kind of, a, again, rough translation encompassing limitlessness yeah and then when you look at the actual uh symbol for the kanku most people again think that that is the hands but let me <coughs> very nice we are actually two hours and 20 minutes I might oh, really? Oh, really? Two hours, 20 minutes. Two hours, 20 minutes. So next time we can keep people on the edge of their seats. We can. Actually, Todd, that's a we good idea. We're going to have to. We're going to have. We're going to have to wrap continue. it up. Longest show ever. Holy shit! That was okay, just Todd, no, but seriously, folks, this is. I've talked to Todd about this before, and this was. Yeah, I I didn't even know we were go down this path, but is this something uh, I, I would? This this but this this path this path deserves a show on its own. Yes. to Talk about this. Yes. Because we're, so, where, I don't we, rush where it. we've just said where we've just said now. Yes, grappling belongs in chuction and everything. I know yeah. where you're taking this then. So yeah. We, yeah. we're not just gonna we're not just gonna chuck this in a bit in the end because it's too important. Exactly. So I think what we'll do we'll come back on do another show and then we can do, talk through it properly because Todd, Todd when Todd told me about this because Todd could read it and he's got a book here that it was in and I was like oh yeah, yeah that makes too. so much sense and it reinforced and I was so glad he saw me because it reinforced my own views on karate and I was like. Do you know what? It feels great because I don't feel like I'm at a dead end and everything that I've been believing and feeling is actually true. Exactly. Yeah. Me so, too. So this will that, be another show. Was that it that moment? It's own show. Was that that I, moment I, I got a heterosexual man crush on Todd? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is <laughs> nice. Good taste. Um, this is the, the good thing that I like about Real Talk. Scott, Scott's asked me to go on Marshall Way for quite a few years now. I know, and he won't come on. What a prick. He wouldn't come oh, on for like a... He wanted to come on to my show. <laughs> I oh. Like, <laughs> I don't really like kind of just Interviews. talking about myself or being interviewed. <laughs> like, Sorry. Whereas this, this is more just like a chilled... This is more like a chilled chat. Yeah. Like, this is what we do. Yeah, and that's what I like. It's a more. It's like a. a it's it's not like an interview with a, a list of questions. It's like no. Us it's just laid students. back. And, and but you look where we've flown, where we've gone. Look at the different oh, places oh, we've place. gone, and then we've come back to a really important subject yeah. that we're going to leave Sorry. it there. And that will be a. <laughs> All right. Would, no, let's wrap this, this motherfucker. This is its own show, though. That is its own show because. Yeah. And, and guys, when we do come back to it, it, it will underline everything I've been saying for the last 10, 15 years. Everything that Terry's been saying, she Han Terry. You know, I don't like to use that title shop, but you need to call me Shean. <laughs> no, but all joking aside, it is. It's super, super important. I've been bugging Todd at, to his point. 
for a long time to come on and talk about this specific part. So this is a great cliffhanger because it is something that's uber important. I will get on the Marshall Way. Um, some, actually, I thought this show was going to be about 20 minutes. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. Well, it is. It is 20 minutes, just 20 two minutes. hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. By the time I cut it and edit it down, it'll be like 25 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time that I do that, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Todd picked it up during. I got a, a prompt that uh, is is the um, gone beyond my free version of Zoom, so I had to actually buy <laughs> on the fly here to right. get a full interview or full uh, conversation. So you you owe him two hundred Canadian dollars. Yeah, so we can transfer that to my account, pence. Todd. I appreciate that. So, yeah, fifty pence is fine. All right. Okay, then. It's been fantastic. We will round it out. We will have Shian Todd back on again to talk about this very, very important thing. But yeah, I think it's been good. We've gone on ages. I don't know if anybody's still listening because it's this two and a half hours. This is fucking great. No one's, the good bit is at the end. No one's listening. I know, right? That's where the <laughs> nuggets are. It Everyone is. Stop by now. But this is, this is right. when me and Terry talk on the phone. This is how we go. It just this is how we talk. Same. Right. Same. Right, right folks. Do your thing. Subscribe, like, do all the bits, press all them buttons. Do it. And we will be, we'll be back next week. Cut. <laughs>